This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. If this is your first Next Lander podcast, I welcome everybody. I hear everybody out there welcoming you as well. Uh, Brett Shoemaker, Alex Navarro, how are you two doing? I am doing fantastic. Autumn is in the air. I am relaxed. I'm staring at a lake. It's beautiful. Great, Brad. I'm horrible. Everything's a nightmare. Ah, Shut this thing off. Stop it. Stop. You're going to scare the, the yin nice and new the yang people. of this podcast. No, so I'm, I'm just trying to get into the spirit. I mean, oh. look, there are skeletons strewn about the street when I walk out my door. It's obviously something bad is going on. That's just how many of them are 12 foot skeletons? Uh. These were more like mini skeletons mm. doing uh, things like climbing the fence next door. Ooh, Clearly, they is, were trying to escape whatever calamity befell them. They're just they're just uh, gig workers. They were building that fence. It's, uh, <laughs> the bones just, are their money. Oh, wait, too, too real. <laughs> their bones are their money. Their bones. Okay, that's pretty <laughs> a good. Bit, a bit too real. Uh, about the gig workers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't haven't. I've only seen a couple of houses out here with some uh, Halloween decorations so far. Oh wow, that's yeah. you know, it's one nice thing about living in a city still is just the urban density means you get to see a whole lot of holiday flair. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Everywhere. People are putting up Halloween lights this year. Okay. Like Any of those Christmas projector lights? lights? The ones no, that no, just... no, no. I mean, like, just straight up Christmas string lights, except Halloween instead. Okay, so are we talking, like, orange and purple? Most, like, I've seen some that are just straight orange, like, just strings of nothing but orange. Okay. Um, is purple a Halloween color? Well, yeah, I, I think orange is the canonical Halloween color. Right? Orange is the canonical, but purple, I feel like, if you need a secondary color to do Halloween, I feel like purple is probably the most goth color you can get out of a light. Oh, okay. Mm. Like, and still emit a light? Yeah, because, like, okay. black light isn't yeah. really going to work no. on, like, say, a string of lights. I feel like I've seen I'm, I'm, orange I'm and guessing, yellow. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing it's the advent of addressable LED lights that is causing this, because now you can just, like, program your lights to do whatever you want. So why not make them Halloween lights? And why then, not? I don't know. Maybe come February, you make them, like, red and white or something. Like, let's just keep string lights up all year long. See, I agree with that. A lot of those... um there's like cotton webs strung across some bushes and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And mm -hmm. uh, some spiders hanging around. Yeah. We still have to figure out the kids' Halloween costumes, which is always a stress, stressful time. I think we've got a, a Mega Man. Okay. A request for Mega Man and a request for uh, a mouse. Now, the mouse, I think we can handle. The Mega Man. Could be yeah. a little, that's a little uh, all right so what do you need for that yeah hel helmet and a buster i think right. you can get a pre-made mega man buster online i think they make those yeah as far as the helmet goes i feel like you could probably just get like a cheap motorcycle helmet and spray paint <laughs> it blue if you need to okay all right like one of those like ping pong ball helmets yeah, okay. and then after that, it's just a blue spandex suit. And some blue underwear. Yeah. And over some boots. The, over the thing, And yeah. some, maybe some, like, boots. Yeah. Yeah. Trying it's to not nothing. I'm just saying, I'm not saying there's no work that's got to go into it, but there are some parts out there I think you can just get. Trying to say, maybe like a Kirby or something. A Kirby feels a lot easier. Just like a big trash bag full of garbage. With some eyes on it, right? Hang on. Can you buy a pink trash bag? Sure. Almost so, assuredly. Trash bags. You sure can. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like you're Kirby. Suddenly you're, you're Kirby. I feel like you're talking some shit here about Kirby. No! I mean, listen. Is Kirby a big, big giant pink trash bag? Yes. Is Kirby also maybe the most powerful character in all of video game lore? Yes. So, yeah. you could be both. Is is Kirby made out of the same stuff that Peeps are made out of? Mm, I don't think he has like rough a texture, like marshmallow. I don't think I'm he's covered say, in sugar. Yeah, I'm going to say he's a little more likely to be made of the stuff that the 1988 The Blob is made of. Because mm. he sure does seem to digest a lot. I was thinking about that movie after we watched The Thing. Yeah. Because we were talking about... Well, I started to say modern horror movies. I guess the thing is not so modern anymore. <laughs> no, not anymore. But, you know, modern, more modernish remakes of old classic, like, cheesy 50s horror movies. Yeah, that blob, that blob movie came out 30 years after the original. Yeah, so it made me think about the... I, the blob was high on that list of, like, oh, I saw that in the video store as a kid and thought, man, that looks scary. I wonder if it actually is. Oh, Have it you is. not seen the remake? No. Oh, there's like is there's it, a couple of pretty ter chilling parts in it. It's, that I remember. it's genuinely great. Oh, interesting. Okay, maybe I should check that out. Do you think you could you judge 
the disaster of a movie or the greatness of a movie by they haven't tried to do it again. I guess both, right? Like it, you put something in the grave or it's so good there shouldn't be a remake. I don't know if it's that so much as I feel like it was one of those movies that just sort of came and went when it came out and sort of became like kind of a VHS favorite. But like, I mean, for a long time, there wasn't like a good Blu-ray release of that movie. It was Mm -hmm. only in the last few years that one came around. And I think, you know, eventually the critical consensus caught up to it the way some of those other movies, you know, like just were not necessarily well regarded in their time. I'm not going to lie. I mostly remember the um, phone booth scene as the oh, thing yeah. that sticks in my mind as the most that, terrifying. That and the guy getting pulled into the sink, which kind of happened to back to back, is like two of the greatest, grotiest like, <laughs> horror deaths I've ever seen. Yeah. The blob. The, the blob. The blob. The blob. Wait, uh, hang on. That uh, was a game, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. It was. I think there were two of them, maybe. The blob. There was the blob. There was a boy in his blob. There's been a lot of blobs in video games. Uh, blah blah blob blah 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 blob from x-men uh-huh uh nothing just, moves just, the blob <laughs> just blobbing this week um uh i not to make every one of these intros about a movie i decided to watch in my own time but i just want to very briefly mention here i watched a movie last night that uh I'm not going to stand here and tell you is good but i want to celebrate the fact that it even got made okay bob zombies the Munsters. Oh my gosh, we saw that when we were doing our, our doom scrolling on the, no, doom scrolling is not the right word, our what are we going to watch trailer watch on uh, Amazon streaming service, and my wife and I were both like, why does this exist? That is what? a valid question, why? if a totally unanswerable question. As, as, a, as an additional question, how did, how did a Munsters remake get made and I didn't even hear about it? That seems ridiculous. Also, did Wait, you say Bob Zombie? I, I thought you yes. said Bob Zombie. I did say Bob Zombie. Okay. Is that yeah, like look, Bob and I are on first name basis, okay. all right? Yeah. Bob yeah. Zombie. Uh, yes. Bob Zomb. Um, yeah, no, I, so I have seen, I think, actually, every Rob Zombie movie. I don't know how that happened, but it did. And I, I run very hot and cold on him. But the thing I always admire is that his only real artistic dedication is to paying loving tribute to the shit he liked as a kid. Uh Uh-huh. Like, say, the Halloween movies, and also Grindhouse Horror Cinema, and in this case, he also loves the Munsters a lot, apparently. I mean, their car is basically the original Dragula. Like He doesn't even put Dragula in the movie, despite the fact that that is Grandpa's car. Wait, he doesn't put... The song in the or song the- is not in the movie. Oh my gosh! Okay, well, let's listen. You gotta, you gotta draw some lines somewhere. It's not even over the credits. No, it's oh. not. All right. But I, I almost admire the restraint of that. And the thing about this movie is that it is not like the slightly modernized cultural force that the two '90s Adams Family movies were. It is a completely straight faced, <laughs> straight up origin story. For the characters of the Munsters that ends with them just starting the Munster sitcom. Like, it is the intro to the sitcom, but with the new actors. Wait, so the kids aren't in it? No Eddie? No Eddie. And no, what's the what's the, the cousin who's the normal kid? The, like, niece? Oh, the, I, is she a niece? Yeah, she's a niece. I forget what her name is, <laughs> but yeah, she's the one that isn't a monster. Yeah, right. Neither yes. of them is there. Okay, so it's Grandpa, it's the... It's, it's Herman. Herman, and, and it's Lily. Lily. And can you guess who Lily is played by? If you've ever seen a Rob Zombie movie, you will know the answer to this uh, question. I, I just looked at the cast list so I can... I no, know. I don't know. I don't know. Nothing. I got nothing. It's his wife. It's yeah. it's Sherry Moon Zombie. Oh, okay. 
every movie he makes has Sherry Moon Zombie in it in some de- to some degree. So how does she do as Lily? She is just playing it completely straight, like the the sitcom actress. Like there is like almost no variance whatsoever to the character. How is the Herman? Because those are uh, uh, pun intended. Those are some big shoes to fill. Yes, they are. Uh, they make him just about as much of a ham as he was on the show. Maybe a little more so. Is there a lot of lip smacking? Is there a lot of? Um, there's a little. Hop, 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 hop. Okay. There's a lot of. There's some stuttering. I mean, he starts out like when he is created. They they show him being created by uh, the the evil scientist that makes him, who is played here by Richard Brake, uh, just straight up doing Vincent Price more or less, <laughs> uh, and they intend to give him the brain of a super genius but they accidentally give him the brain of his brother who also died at the exact same time uh who was a hack comedian oh okay okay is that i don't know if i'm not that up on the monsters no one is that's the point (laughs) that show was on for two seasons in the early 60s like it is is it does this mean to say like the Munsters is just like knockoff off or off brand Adams family, right? I don't think that's an unfair assessment. Mm. It's like it's more sitcommy than even yeah. the old Adams family was, but like it was it, it it was definitely of that type. I think Adams family had some tooth to it, and I'm not trying mm-hmm. to knock them knock the Munsters and the the Munsters were more um like leave it to Beaver but but you know monsters and uh the adams family i feel like i genuinely had some darker stuff going on like occasionally uh, there's a lot more murder going on there <laughs> yeah right uh whereas here it's like the monsters think regular people are hideous and they're scared of them whereas the people are scared of the monsters so that's kind of the thing yeah. but there's no real like we're going to eat or kill you type stuff <laughs> right there's, but there is a pet in the basement as well right isn't there doesn't grandpa keep in the I do, original I monsters do, I forget. Okay, so it has been a real long time since I had Nick at night and watched a Munsters rerun. <laughs> but, Fair enough. Yes, uh, they do at one point on their honeymoon go to Paris and then they go into the catacombs and they just rescue a monster from under there. Okay, and I think that is their pet. Okay, yeah. Uh, who's Grandpa? Some guy. I don't. I, I really. <laughs> okay. Other than Sherry Moon oh, Zombie <laughs> and Richard Brake, and also uh, fucking the 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 big dude from Lost is in this. Jorge Garcia. Uh, I did not really recognize any of the other actors, and oh, oh, also, uh, Elvira has a small part in this, not uh, as Elvira. Good for her. Yeah, it, is that uh, is it in black and white? Parts of it are. Most okay. of it is in very, very, like very colorful. I will say I, again, the reason I'm bringing this up is not because I think this is a great movie. It's not necessarily, but I have a weird admiration for one. Clearly pitching this to someone and just saying, oh, it's like the original what we do in the shadows and then making sure that no one did any additional research before they signed the check. Uh, And two, that it is really just a completely straight faced tribute to this two season sitcom from the early like late 50s, early 60s. Mm. Like there is nothing about it that is modernized other than it was shot today. Is there an electric guitar in the intro? Is it like a cover of the original song? They do a remastered version of the original song later on. There is also a part early in the movie where uh, Herman is kind of dabbling in various entertainment mediums and at one point founds a band that is basically the Cramps. So is it ta- does it take place in the 50s or 60s? No, it's, I think it takes place in modern day, though. It, there's, no, there's no real signifier as to when the time is. Oh, okay, okay. 
It's a good theme song. Not maybe again, not as good as the Adams Family finger snaps, but it's also it's catchy. It's a catchy theme song. I actually think the Munsters theme is a little catchier. Oh wow! It's got Jeez, that surf I, guitar thing. Yeah. I can't call it to mind. Dun 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 No, okay. Yeah. See. Um. Anyway, I That's, watched it. I was kind of mystified. I was mystified by its existence, but I am kind of glad that, that Bob's out there just making the movies he wants to make. Please give him <laughs> you checks. Have to, you have to stop saying that. Never. Bob. Bobby. Bob Zom. Bob, Bobby Zombie. Bob Zablaw. Uh, well, okay, folks. That's now the leading candidate for the title of this episode. <laughs> Until <laughs> you give me something better. We are going to talk about games like Grounded, Overwatch 2, and uh, the excavation of Hobbs, Bob's, Hobbs Barrow, uh, in a little bit. But first, I wanted to present you guys with one other thing before we jump into the games here. Mm-hmm. I think I crossed another gaming threshold with the family okay. in that on order are two additional gaming headsets. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. The kids, oh, no. The kids are about to get their own gaming headsets. I'm very proud. Wow. Is okay. The, is so this, is, is this for purposes of communication or is this you now are staying up late enough that you need to not make noise while you're playing? No, games? I have my own gaming headset. Uh, I, that is, that has been established. Oh, I, don't, I don't mean you, you, I mean, you, oh, them, with the like children. Saying, no. Like, okay. Like, all right, kids, you need to. Oh, shut no, up no, no, no. Knock it off. We're no, going to bed. No. Uh, this is for, we, uh, we played grounded together as a family the family that grounds together pow- no 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 you don't say it nope resounds yeah, together how about the, the family that grounds together expounds together there you go there we go very good uh and i didn't think this would work but it did we were all able to get on the various xboxes and pcs the three of us to play together without xbox live being a maybe it's because they're family members i don't know but um Turns out, I only had one headset uh, that was able to work with my Xbox, so if we want to keep doing that, I need a couple more headsets here to go around, to pass around. Are people playing from different rooms? Yeah. Okay. Well, you, need, you need different TVs, right? Because there's right. no split screen. So uh, I was in the basement with my daughter. I was on a PC. She was on an Xbox on two different monitors. And we were using the audio mixer down here to talk to my son, who was in our where my Xbox Series X is using my gaming headset. So right. uh, I think so. I bought them. Uh, I bought them headsets. The plug. So she couldn't actually hear her gameplay because I was only listening to my gameplay. But I've now seen that game. We'll talk about it more in a second here with Grounded. But I've seen that gameplay run on like three different systems. So I have some thoughts on on how that thing runs. But dude, like we should we should just talk about it. I got I yeah. also was going to talk about that same thing coming in here because Grounded is kind of all I want to play right now. Well, let's get into the games. Let's talk about Grounded. This is Obsidian's latest. And I'm not afraid to call it RPG survival. It's, Let's call it a survival, it's a survival RPG. RPG. There's, there's a good amount of RPG in there, yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it is my one regret of being up here at the at the uh, the lake house this week I mean, that I was not able to join you on the stream this week because it looked like you guys had fun. You can you can stream that thing to a laptop. Like that's the thing I wanted to come in here and say is like I'm playing that game on Steam, mm-hmm. like the version of the game from the Steam store. Mm-hmm. I finally broke down, and started my own single player game because I couldn't stand it anymore. Did you just offshoot the other save? No, into I, a started, player I started one? fresh. Okay. Which, like, might be a mistake, because you mentioned how long it takes to do everything by yourself, and, like... It does take a while. 
boy, were we having some trouble with the combat, even with two of us. Oh, I'm yeah, even, yeah. I'm not even sure what Orb Web or Orb Weaver Jr. is going to be like by myself. But and you're playing on normal? Uh, yeah, medium is what it defaults to, yeah. is how they describe it, which is kind of the default. Like, you, you will die of thirst if you idle too long on this mode. Like, yeah. bugs will definitely kill you, but it's not, like, completely impossible. Anyway, yeah. like... I didn't want to. I didn't want to continue our our stream game. But you could. You could. But, yeah. You could have like splintered it off into your own. Yeah. Tape. It's just like it just made me. It's another one of those moments that made me realize like this framework that Microsoft has constructed and is still in the process of constructing is like kind of awesome because I started this new save file on Steam. On Steam. And I'm flying across the country on Saturday and I'm taking an Xbox series S with me uh-huh. and I can just plug that series S in on the other end of my flight and just keep going with that same save. So and that's nuts on steam. Does it launch the Xbox app in the background or something? No, so no. where are those saves going? Like are they, cause it's just clearly not loud baby. Seamlessly into whatever Microsoft's cloud stuff is. Some, I mean, you, you have to, you have to sign in with your Xbox. ID you do. Okay. On, on in the steam version to enable multiplayer. Okay. But that's a one time that takes five seconds. So it is somehow um, linked to your Xbox profile. Yeah. And okay. they have clearly just extended whatever storage they offer to like, you know, they store saves for everything in the cloud for free these days. So you don't need game guess, pass for that or a live I, account. Um, I don't think so. So you, yeah, you need live to play multiplayer with people, yeah, but not for this cloud storage. Uh, no, def- I don't think so. Saves? No, no. Cause that would be a single player save. So, okay. I mean, the the thing that's crazy to me is that it's Steam. Yeah, to be clear, like if wild. this was mm-hmm. you know if this was a game out of the Xbox or the Game Pass mm-hmm. receptacle in Windows. I mean, even that's be, still cool on its own. I mean that yeah, even that is cool. But like when once you once you start bringing a third party storefront into it and it still maintains compatibility and it's all just seamless. Yeah, like that's rad. And if I wasn't hauling an Xbox with me. I could just stream that game to a browser on a laptop and still keep playing that game or that save file. Like it's pretty awesome. I wonder if that has anything to do with like the them being Microsoft and part of the Windows architecture. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, or you know, I mean they're like last I checked, they're number two for number two for cloud compute in the world after okay. AWS, you know, like they Microsoft has got infrastructure and expertise that let's say competitors lack. <laughs> That they allows still, them to do stuff like this for sure. Is it still Azure or is it is it evolved to something else? Yeah. Okay. Uh so yeah, I played on the I played on the Windows version, the Windows Store version, and then uh, my son was playing the Xbox Series X version. My daughter was playing on the Xbox S S X X version. This it, is the one thing Microsoft still needs to fix, <laughs> is this naming convention. Yeah, it's not great. Um Xbox, yes, I got that right, right? Series X. I think, I think and so. And then One X, right? One there's S? a One X, one there's S, a sorry. One S. Is, is, is the one white or black? It's black. Then That's it's a One X. X. One X. Unless uh, it's a launch model, in, in, in which case it's just a One. No, this is the One X. And so, I'm going to say the One X doesn't run well. It's like, it's pretty huh. choppy. It's, oh, that's a shame. Uh, yeah, it was not, it was chugging. Um, oh wow huh i would have expected like i wouldn't have been surprised to hear like the one s or uh, the launch one was struggling but i would have thought a one x would still be doing okay. yeah Man, that's, that was that's, the one i would have expected from that's kind of disappointing it was a bummer um because i would look over and she didn't complain she didn't care but i would look over and be like i wouldn't want to play on that console uh the series x though plays just fine i actually think i might prefer it to the pc version there seemed to be something so i'm 
I'm playing 1080 on my PC. I assume the Series X one is running at something maybe above that. I don't know. Maybe it's something. I, I don't know what the frame buffer is, right? I don't know if it's just getting pushed up to 4K before it goes out or whatever. But it looks really nice on the on the Series X. There's a lot of like really nice translucency in the greenery and the foliage with the light that shines through it. Especially when you have houses made of blades of grass. There's like a glow that can happen to the stuff. That I notice more, and I don't know if it's HDR stuff happening on that TV, but or, or on that console. But it seemed the fidelity seemed a little nicer than on my PC here, uh, even mm-hmm. though I had most of the things jacked up. So I've been playing a lot there. And to your point, Brad, the save stuff so far has been pretty seamless, going from PC to Xbox Series X and back again. Uh, they also do. We talked about it a little bit last time, but they do some nice things with sharing your world with people or not sharing your world with people. So you can have your save and single player. So Brad, like your save that is single player, you can turn that into a multiplayer save anytime you want and then kind of revert it back to splinter it off again to be, you can play that save either single player or multiplayer. And I think that's, that's really nice. That's a nice thing to have. Yeah. I like it. I'm kind of glad I started a new single player game though. Cause it's letting me absorb like little story stuff that, that I missed cause mm. we were streaming and talking over it and not reading anything. Yeah. So like, I'm kind of getting a little more, I mean, not that there's anything super wildly creative going on in the story so far, like mad scientists created a shrinking machine and here we are. Yeah. I, think, I, think I don't know if there's much more there, but I think there is, I, I've, I'm probably, I don't know how long this game is, but I've collected two burgle chips now. Um, and you get some, there's, there's some stuff going on. I will, I've had two cutscenes in the, in that game. Uh, there is some stuff going on. I don't think it's very elaborate, but there is a, there is a propellant for a narrative. Let's say that is more than I just need to turn back to my normal size. Cause you start that game basically with your character, not even questioning that they are small. They, they basically they jump out of this weird briefcase with holes cut out of it, and then they're off and running just trying to survive and occasionally quipping on, wow, that's a big ant or something like that. They're, they're never really like, what the hell is going on? No, they've all seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> they know what's going on. I mean, you get you you meet Burgle, which is this robotic friend, and you start realizing that someone has been here before you and made some lab architecture around, and there is some exposition in there. But it's your character really doesn't sit and struggle with the questions no. of being tiny that much. Yeah, yeah, it's nice that there's some story there. I mean, it's not necessary, but it's certainly you know some survival games have can feel a little dry and lifeless if yeah. there's nothing there but survival. But it's it. It is the survival parts that really got me in. Well, it's it's the survival slash RPG slash. I don't know. I think it was really it was the moment when you were like, hey, you see those dandelion puffs up there? You chop one of those down and get your accessory. And then I chopped one down and realized you can equip the puff in your accessory slot and then use it to glide. And I was like, oh, my God, what other items out here that look like they're just part of the background of this world actually let me do cool shit. I have got to go chop everything down now. I, I went down a rabbit hole. On Monday, when I saw you guys were streaming, I was just like, "Well, I can't play, so I should look into like what I'm, what I want to do next time we do this." And it's just like it seems like there is a pretty huge variety of stuff you can build and craft in that game. Yeah, that's there is. That's, that's oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I just say to the point where like I, I, there was someone in our Discord who was talking about like there is a point where you just kind of go off the cliff. And the things that terrify you in that game start becoming trivial because you have built such incredible gear and base design stuff and everything. Like the orb weavers just don't even become a problem anymore. 
Yeah, and, and it's partially because stuff is so deadly out of the gate in that game. Like, they're yep. like there's a lot of bugs out there that'll just kill you in one or two hits and also yeah. can, like, outrun you also. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if you piss one off, you're just kind of screwed. Um, and overcoming that slowly, especially as we were crafting, like, that, that ant club, man. It's pretty good. Once, once we crafted those ant clubs. <laughs> I still but, use the like, ant club. Yeah, like... Um, just, just, yeah, that, that ramp, I mean, you know, everything being super hard and then overcoming that, like I guess the real dark Souls starts in the backyard, I guess is what I'm saying. I, I've put a lot, a decent amount of hours in. I'm playing on mild on the other save and I, I actually really like it on mild because there is so much, I think on medium, it would have just taken me too. I think I never would have seen stuff. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. too grindy for, for for my taste and playing with the kids on mild is fun and we're, we're really enjoying it. There's just so much to do. There's just a lot to do there. I do have a list growing of things. I would like to see them change or patch in. Oh, top of that list maybe is sortable chests and in inventory because that is, is uh, really a pain in the neck. Some other things though, some automation things, the farming in it, I don't think is super great. Uh, You'd want to get to a spot where you feel like you cross a threshold in a survival game or a a machine building game or something where you've got enough experience where you don't have to do the basic stuff anymore, right? Like you can farm the thing in your base that you're trying. The resources. The machines are doing the work for you. Yeah. And I don't know how much of that I'm actually going to get to. There are things like sap collection. There are things like do collectors, but... I still am having to run out and do a bunch of minor tasks for the hunger stuff, like just the maintenance stuff that I wish were not happening. That That's spending too much time doing that. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, I, I enjoy limiters like that because they can create friction in places you wouldn't expect it that can sort of, you know, allow for an emergent narrative, if you like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like. Yeah. Like things that would have been mundane all of a sudden because I'm about to die of thirst, like become very urgent. You know what I mean? Like, like that it gives, it gives an an extra layer or arc of kind of drop potential drama. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, like you could just be out on a run doing whatever. And then all of a sudden, like, oh wait, things are now very dire in a way I didn't expect them to go. Like, it's not like Astroneer would end up in the same way sometimes. Or, yeah. Know, like that's, that is the, right. Your oxygen's running out because right. you, it's but, just, Yeah. Totally. But it, but but it kind of there are ramps to those things where you'll get to a point where you're packing for expeditions, right? Filling up a canteen, making sure you have enough food in your inventory, and then um, you know you've got to sp- you've got to spend game minutes getting all those supplies together. Where um, you know the food spoils kind of quickly, so yeah. you can't you can't stockpile a lot of it. So like I what did I I cooked I think seven weevil meats before we went off to find the hedge, and then I signed into that save this morning, and they were all a sliver away from yeah, spoiling. So like, it was like, well, okay, we barely got to where we were going, and now we're just gonna have to forage for more food. But. So a thing a thing that I would like to see, and I don't think it's in the game, or at least I haven't seen it or read about it, is a refrigerator. Some kind of some that's the kind of level of stuff I mean, where like, yeah. oh, you reach a threshold, it's expensive to get, but now you can refrigerate or cook. I think maybe if you keep them on a spit, they might not spoil. So maybe just having multiple spits is is the thing to do. And yeah. just, oh, keep, yeah, like, or oh, the jerky rack, right? Maybe just. Make Making jerky out of them. Yeah, I think that that is key to that kind of design is they need to give you some options to sand down the friction over time if you want to. And like the canteen is that. Canteen is a good example. And the dew collector, for sure. Right. It's like, oh, you can really mitigate the thirst 
uh, upkeep by just making a do collector in a canteen, filling up your canteen, and then you can just drink from that as you roam. So I don't know if you, you've gotten a. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, there's uh, the the uh, milk molars. I don't know if you've got found any yet. No, I haven't. I haven't done a ton in my new save yet. I'm still like kind of one foot in each game, trying to decide okay. which one I want to focus on and stuff. But, um, but I mean, like th- there is so much of that in that game, and that's where the obsidian RPG stuff comes in. I and mean, we may have mentioned some of that stuff last week, but like armor has a bunch of buffs, but also some debuffs on it, and, and set milk- bonuses too. Right, and set like set bonuses. The the I still haven't found a milk molar, but those are like permanent upgrades. You get to pick those, right? When you get one, you yeah. get to like, pick what you want to put it into. Yeah, so they're basically experience points, and there's just two. There's two pools of them. There are two types. One is single player, and one is multiplayer um, um, talent trees. But yeah, not trees really, but upgrades. And it's on the single player. It's things like um, your thirst and hunger go down more slowly, and uh, your stamina goes up, and they're permanent buffs. Okay. And so you do get to pick where you throw them, but they scale up. So you know the first one's like one milk molar, and then the second one will be two, and then. You know, there's one that's three milk molars, and it's uh, get an extra mutation slot. So um, they they do get expensive. Yeah, and then yeah, the, the, then there's a mutation. I think the mutations are my favorite style of upgrade in a game like this because you don't know that they exist until you get one because they're all passive. Like they yeah. all come from you doing stuff. Yeah. Like on that stream the other day, I unlocked Ant Annihilator because I had killed like a ton of ants. Right. And like, you're not chasing a bunch of progress bars to get those because you can't see those like they don't tell you they don't say like hey kill 30 ants and you'll and you'll get the 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 buff to ant damage or whatever it just happens in the course of playing the game right and it feels very rewarding to just be like oh like i chopped down 800 blades of grass and now i've got this upgrade to grass chopping down because but it's a nice background yes it's it's both passive and a nice surprise when it happens and it feels uh, a little different than like Elder Scrolls jumping everywhere to get the the jump bonus, right? Or to build up your jump stat because it's not, yeah. you know, there are tiers of them. But it, it's, I'm not hunting ants because I want to get the ant annihilator phase two. You know, right? Thing. Yeah. There's there's just a fantastic sense of progression in the game from multiple angles like that that make you feel like you are slowly starting to overcome all the kind of harsh penalties going on. Yeah, I I, just, I think the game is it's obviously a live game now and they're adding stuff to it and, and still tweaking things. I think the UI could be better. There are, uh, finding gear, equipping stuff, unequipping stuff could be better. Um, the hot bar, I wish there were more slots or deeper hot bar because you do wind up filling that thing extremely fast. Lanterns are another thing I wish could toggle on and off more easily with a face button or a, or a key press instead of having to unequip a lantern because, they run down pretty quickly, and if you find yourself in a situation where your lantern has burnt out and you don't have any more spares, you could be in a lot of trouble. So, um, yeah, that's, that's actually that's another one of those places where there is a ton of friction. Is that it gets dark as hell in that game. Cool. You cannot see shit at night if you didn't think to bring lights. So eventually, you might find yourself, let's say, dark as uh, you know all hell and underwater in a tiny cave that has sprouted like three or four different paths and it's pitch dark now and you have your, your oxygen meter beating down and your lantern has gone out and you do not know which way to go. Uh, and you die underwater with your backpack under there. And there is a thing that's like, Hey, just retrieve my backpack, please. Uh, like, a, a oh, really? Fi- yeah. There is like, it's in oh. that fixed repair game thing. Okay. Uh, like, Hey, I'm stuck or Hey, repair backpack. And I see why they have it. Cause I think you can get your backpack in a place that's 
not just not accessible i had i spent a good maybe hour and a half on a backpack run getting it yikes getting well say you say you um say you parachuted early on you used the tuft and you parachuted into that poison zone deep into that poison zone and you died now how are you gonna, done that how are you gonna get your backpack out like you just kind of you know the the backpack doesn't do the thing that the souls games do now which is puts the backpack like five seconds before you died it just puts it where you died. That so seems if, questionable. So if you jumped off a giant cliff and landed in a hole, like your backpack's going to be in that hole. So I, I can see why. Not that that that's just an example, but that's kind of stuff. So I spent time getting my backpack by getting it, running back like two centimeters in the game, and then dying again, and just slowly inching the backpack back to a place that I could actually recover it. Um, it was stuck in a mosquito nest. Huh. Interesting. Those oh, mosquitoes yeah. were bad news. It's good that they put tools in there to rescue from you from stuff like that. Like maybe I'm a weirdo, but stuff like that, like kind of unexpected emergent challenges like that are like some of my favorite things in games like this. Like I think I've talked about like the time in Valheim that I dropped a ton of mats on a like 20 by 20 foot square island with a troll on it. Yeah. And like I literally spent three hours building rafts and trying to sail close enough to that troll to get that get all those mats back. I'm kind of with you. Yeah. Without him wading out into the, into the shallows and just like killing me in one hit with his club. Like it was kind of like the most fun I ever had with that game. Yeah. So like I'd never use that recover backpack button, so I'm not sure what it does, but I could see why it's in there. Like I, I, like I said, I spent a good amount of time just inching that backpack out. Another one happened to me underwater where I swam too far in that I shouldn't have swam and had to then spend a long time trying to get backpacks out. Uh, it's, but it's cool. Like I could have left it. There's nothing in that backpack. I couldn't have rebuilt. It's just, I spent more time getting the backpack than it would have been to get the materials again. Yeah. that were in the backpack, but I had it's, fun it's getting the principle it. of the thing. Yeah. yeah. You can't have it. Also that icon stays on the map and I can never have a loose backpack icon. Uh, it's neat. I think the scaling with multiple people feels, feels okay. I don't know if the game gets more challenging with multiple people in it, but there's a trade-off between you're getting the single player materials mm-hmm. versus you have other people to help you out. So, you know, um, you have to decide who's going to get those ant warrior mandibles in a multiplayer game versus you get everything. You defeated the thing. Uh, you can do some trickery with the AI to make things a little easier. You can, you can try and lure, there is bait in the game. You can try and lure, uh, things to, certain areas if you want to like trap them and smack them with a club while they're in an area they can't get out of i've killed two wolf spiders now by them being stuck in my house uh nice uh, and uh i take no shame in it because those things are terrible yeah. oh they're it's in the game if it's, it's, in, if the it's game. in the game if the game breaks if it collapses under its own weight that's yep. all fair game there are plenty of times there's dew stuck in a leaf and i or a, a piece of grass and i can't get it out and so um that's super frustrating. There is there are weird bugs in it where I've had to reset I, a couple of times. I, I was I was I was inside of the dying of thirst timer this morning, and like I smacked like three blades of grass with the dew, and when the dew yeah. hit the ground, it just vanished. Like it didn't it didn't land in water. Like if it you know if, yeah. it, if it rolls into water, it gets absorbed. But yeah, there was no water there. It just like blinked out of existence as soon as it touched down and that was not great yeah so that stuff is is kind of rough but overall for what it's doing i think it holds together pretty well and i'm actually it's, really yeah. enjoying it yeah it's awesome man. i uh, really think it's a cool ass game I am unlocked- i gonna be an unnecessary drain on the team when i return to 
the group eh. when we start eh. streaming it again. So right. the so the cool thing is what I as I understand it, so any milk molar points we get that are the single player milk molar points, you will actually just have a pool of points to assign when you jump into Ooh. the game. Okay. Uh, so it's weird. I it's mostly save based, not character based, um, in terms of uh, um, persistence. Mm-hmm. So, but like Brad, when you joined my game, you had nothing. Yeah, I was like completely bare. Right, I've kind of found myself wishing you had a character that just stays so, the character across games. So when my kids join back in my game, they have all their stuff. So I wonder if it's um xbox live account based per save as well so i wonder if you came back into my game again you would have the stuff you left with uh in that game huh i would, I would I, yeah i would guess that character progress is tied to world world but also like you didn't play one of the kids my my kids played you played hoops right in the no did you play pete I can't remember who you uh, came in. I was in playing as. hoops in our save. It, it lets you pick every time you join those, so, so I could you could just switch. So my daughter plays hoops in the in the one that we play, but you didn't get her gear. So I think no, it I didn't is have anything. So I think it is must be save and account based and because user, yeah, I, I yeah, think that's right. Yeah. So that's so I think Alex, you coming in, you'll get some instant upgrades, but also Brad and I will be a little further along, and a lot of the progress is gear based. So if we sure. could just dump the gear on you you basically come up to where we are like it's yeah it's um it's not that much like you won't have the mutations that's probably the only thing you'd have to spend time getting is i'll get some mutations don't you worry (laughs) yeah the the crafting has been pretty generous i think so far like yeah you don't have to grind too much for any given item you want to make yeah it's like one of those things where if if you if you're level zero and somebody just dumps really good gear on you, you come up pretty quickly. Like that, you don't need stats to use the gear. You could just use it. Right. So, okay. Actually, I I would say the biggest hurdle to crafting stuff is just knowing where to get the mats. Like like I needed a bunch of mite fuzz to make a bunch of armor, and I had no idea where to find mites or even what they looked like. But then you were like, run fifty feet that way and find yeah. the giant log, and the mites spawn all over it. And then as soon as I knew that, it was trivial to get all the fuzz I needed. So in the hedge lab quest, there is a solution for that problem. You unlock a thing that helps you track resources oh, you found before. Shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They they that kind of bury it in that first major uh, story quest. Okay. And so as you go through that, you get a thing that allows you to track resources you've found before, not resources you haven't found. Uh, and that's that's pretty helpful when you're just grinding resources like Nat was. Grounded. It's pretty good. It's on uh it's, it's on good. Game Pass. It is forty dollars on its own. It is on Steam, but it's also in the Microsoft ecosystem. That's what you're looking for. Uh I like it so far. I keep keep going with it. I wonder if it'll wear out its welcome at some point or um if I'll just be my what I would like to see in the game, Obsidian, if you're listening, I don't think it's in there. I did start looking at some wikis for stuff. I want to be endgame, build a base as good as the science bases you find. You know, like sure. all that, all, you know, like the, the, the one that's in the oak tree. I want to be able to, I want my grass house to look like a scientific research station at some point with plastics and materials and stuff sure. like that. So I would like that stuff to be an endgame goal. But I'm sure that if this thing does well, which it sounds like it's getting a pretty decent reception, I'm sure they'll put more resources into it. Uh, 
I, I, I don't know. Is it taking the steam the streaming world by storm? I don't see too many people going out there. People like, who are playing it seem very into it. So I feel yeah. like it might be one of those like slow roll kind of like people more and more start, people start playing it. Yeah, I don't I don't know that there's enough potential for variation from one playthrough to the next for it to be like huge on Twitch or anything. Because, you know, yeah. it's kind of the same story, the same basic set of objectives and so forth every time. Right. But I... I like that the kids I was talking to because they play a lot of Minecraft and I was like, what do you guys think? And they just want to play grounded. They want to, they were trying to see if they can get their friends to come over and play grounded with us in this like weird setup. And I felt a little weird being like, ah, your friends can come over, but then you're all going to go to different rooms, <laughs> play, play online mm-hmm. together in the house. Um, also they would have to play under our accounts, which is, I think weird unless I added them all as family, I think to I, not a lot of kids, friends have Xbox live accounts. A lot have their switches and stuff like that, but not, not as many on the Xbox. <laughs> Xbox is the boomer consoles, what you're saying? I think so. I think so. Their, their, their tween outreach program has not really yielded too many dividends yet. I've definitely had more kids, um, say like, oh my gosh, is that a PlayStation versus What's that big cube you have sitting there? What's what's that cube your switch sits on top of? First of all, it's a rectangle. That's true. That's true. All right. Grounded out now. Uh, get ready to hear some more about Grounded in the coming weeks because I think that one's uh, going to stick around for a bit. Uh, we'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break. Come back with some more games. Stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions. And at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. And we are back to talk a little bit about Overwatch 2, Alex. Yeah. Overwatch 2, a game that came out last week, October 4th-ish, a little over a a week ago. Uh, Free to play, $10 battle pass. It's got its, was it $40 special edition? Uh, whatever the case, we said something about the for- the battle pass being $40 last time. That was one of the things I wanted to correct this time. The battle pass is $10. $10. I think the, in the special edition, you get 
a, a battle pass and then enough credits to buy two more if you wanted to spend them on that, right? The $40 thing was the first thing you see on the store when you look up that game. So, mm-hmm. But yes, the actual battle pass on its own is only 10 bucks. Uh, did you get it? I did not. Okay. I, I, so here's the thing. I did finally manage to play that game consistently over the weekend uh, up to a point. And they, you know, in that time when I was able to play without a bunch of queues and server maintenance and other things getting in the way, I can tell you right now, this will probably be the last time I talk about Overwatch 2 for a while. Because oh, I think you're going to go the other way. Okay. Unless something really drastic changes, there is just not a lot there to, to hold my attention beyond what I already enjoyed about Overwatch 1 and played to death. Oh, you feel like you got what you needed from Overwatch 1? I think I got 1. what I needed a long time ago. Yeah. And... So getting into a bunch of matches and playing with people more regularly, it just, it's very nakedly apparent that there just is not a lot there. Yes, there have been balance changes. They have made changes to some of the alts and abilities for various characters, but the core gameplay, even in a 5v5 environment is the same. And I don't know that I like it better as a 5v5 game versus 6v6. And then uh, once I like I found out when I left, apparently they had a big thing happen where a bunch of people got locked out of characters for a while and they had to run a bunch of emergency server maintenance to figure out what that problem was. Uh, and on top of all of that. They still haven't gotten my account merge right from what I can tell. Oh, the what's what's wrong with it? So I logged on on Saturday and it said I was like 780,000th in the queue or whatever. I was like, okay, this is going great. By the time I was done playing after a couple of hours, it was like, okay, you're almost done. Like there was like, I was like 10,000th or something in the queue. Okay. And then by the time I was done playing, it was like, oh, it's your account is merged. So I was like, okay, I'll reboot the app and just see if it worked. I reboot the app. Nothing's changed. None of the stuff, none of the skins or other stuff that I had on my account was unlocked. And then when I logged on again on Sunday, it was like, you're 580,000th in the queue. Great. So something is not working there. Okay. They got to merge you again. Yeah. I I saw they also turned off the SMS authentication requirement for a lot of people. Okay. Just to get them in. Because the reason. working. The reason they turned that on was to avoid people having like multiple accounts so they could play against like low ranked players or whatever. But they also failed to acknowledge that like, hey, a bunch of people only have like pre bought cell phone plans. They mm-hmm. don't have like a regular cell phone texting account necessarily. So and they were like blocking people who had prepaid cell phone plans from using that stuff, which I think is fairly dumb. Um but yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I keep playing it, and the thing I keep hitting in the back of my mind, not that there are only two online shooters that I in the world, but there are really only two that I play with any regularity, I kind of just wanted to keep playing Splatoon 3. Okay. I mean... Like, I just wanted to go back. Th- there's definitely a sense from the little bit I played and the little bit I had played that it... <laughs> How do I express this the right way? I think it's what you're saying. That hadn't... The the reasons I put it down were still there. Like the reasons I had stopped were like, oh, I don't know if this is doing anything that different than why to make me want to get back into it. Other than I just haven't played Overwatch in a while, and now that I've played a little bit more of it, unless you guys wanted to play, I, I don't know if I would seek it out. But it ha- but it has a two right there at the end of the name. It's the sequel to Overwatch. Don't you want to come back and play the all new sequel to Overwatch? I did. I tried it. 
And, uh, yeah, you know, there's already so many characters in there, and I suspect they will continue rolling out characters, though that's going to be a hell of a roster in a, in a little while. Yeah, I mean, the main thing in terms of drastic changes is the PvE stuff, which is what they originally pitched the sequel <laughs> yes. as having, like, <laughs> yes. literally at the announcement. Like, hey, it's going to mm-hmm. have a whole new, you don't have to play against other people, you can play against the E, not the P. <laughs> yeah. Now, and then they managed to not launch with that, and I don't know that they've said a ton about what it is have they no they haven't and they haven't shown a great deal of anything regarding that stuff like i think a lot of the the beta stuff they did leading up to it was very focused on just getting the multiplayer working and like the hurdle this game had to clear was not only just does it need to be more interesting or at least different enough from overwatch one to get past you know the eventual wall i ran into with that game where i just played too much of it but it also kind of needed to leapfrog the fact that, like, playing Blizzard products right now feels fucking weird and is probably not going to stop feeling weird for the foreseeable future. And it does neither of those things. Mm. And I am now at the point where I'm just like, I think I have given this game my, cons- my professional, you know, consideration and due, and I've had enough. I'm good. I'm more than happy to go play some other stuff right now because there is nothing here that justifies calling it Overwatch 2 or the problems that they have repeatedly run into with this launch. Yeah, they, they, they as predicted last week, I have not played Overwatch 2 and I don't intend to until the PvE stuff gets added at this point. Like they, they sure enough missed my brief window of caring about this game with server instability. Yeah. Um, but like, I think that stuff could be interesting, you know, with like the um, PvE modes are cool in general and with the, you know, with the variety and the potential team synergies that exist with the you know, relatively co- complex characters yeah. of this game. Uh, I mean, you know, like a Left 4 Dead or even like the Splatoon Salmon Run is cool already, right? So like mm-hmm. add a bunch of heroes with different powers on top that can synergize in different ways. Like that could be really cool. Well, and they if, did that. If they ever add it. They did it in Overwatch 1 as like seasonal events. They had these PvE like story events you could do where you would go in and play as, you know, sometimes it was a preset team, sometimes it wasn't. But... Like, in those, you know, yeah, it showed some potential. They were never very complicated, nor were they very long, but, you know, for seasonal DLC events, they worked, and I feel like if you flesh that out into something more elaborate, that could be really interesting. They just don't have anything to show for it right now. It's also so crazy to me, sitting here having this conversation, to remind myself occasionally what Overwatch started out as. Oh, yeah, it was supposed to be an MMO originally, wasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah, dude, like, it's so... Because Overwatch blew up so much... Subsequently, it's so hard to remember that it actually, like, this originally was the successor to World of Warcraft. Mm. Like, this was not a multiplayer shooter at all. Like, it was intended to be a PvE team. Like, it would have been a a more PvE-focused thing to begin with. I have no idea how that game would have worked, and the thing they ended up with, yes, it does feel like they backed and tripped over themselves into something that people really liked. And that is really apparent, I think, in the sequel, where it feels like they just didn't have anything that was really meaningful to add to this thing. They're like, and if in a way they seem terrified of pissing off the existing player base, which they had already kind of pissed off over time with the various balance changes and character changes they made. And it's like the most, like the most drastic thing they do in this game is make it five V five. And I can't tell you that that feels better or more interesting than the way it was before. Have you done any rank stuff? Or is rank no, stuff because it? you have to have 50 wins in the, oh. the the quick play mode 
to play the ranked. And I don't know if account merging would change that or not, but I can't find out because my account won't merge right. Wait, hang on. You have to have 50 wins just to do the placement matches? To do the, the competitive play, they won't let you win unless you have 50 Dude, wins in, in quick play. Kind of a lot. But you would, you would blow that out of the water, right, if your account just merged? Well, if, if they're counting wins from Overwatch 1, then yes, I would just be automatically in competitive because I right. definitely have more than 50 quick play wins in, in Overwatch 1. Uh, did you do any of the roll cues, or are you mostly just doing the general? I did both. Did. I, I did okay. the general, and I did roll cues. You know, like I'm happy to play tank or healer, yeah. and that seemed to be where most people, the most need was. But yeah, like I mean, I've won a decent number of matches, but it's gonna be a while before I get to fifty, and I'm not even sure I'm gonna. Right. Overwatch two out there. It exists now. Is there a Switch version of this playable? Oh, actually, sorry, real quick, I just looked this up. Like, you might actually be getting screwed by the faulty account merge stuff. Oh no! Uh, according to according to dot esports, mm-hmm. for anyone who's played the first Overwatch competitively, the competitive mode in two should be already unlocked. But new users will have to play through a guided first time user experience, then win fifty quick play matches first. Yeah, so if your so, thing does merge, you should get it, but it sounds like you're just getting caught in a broken... Maybe one system. day it'll merge, and maybe one day I'll care. I don't know. <laughs> one day. Overwatch I'm not th- trying to be like overly dismissive. I'm just bummed about this thing, man. Sure. Sure. It seems... It has to make... It, I think you said at the beginning, it needs to make itself necessary, and so far it feels a little unnecessary, right? Yeah, and, and especially you know coming in such close proximity to another online shooter that I did tire out of also in Splatoon... Splatoon 3 rekindled my interest in that game and playing that game. This did not. And not, I mean, listen, Splatoon 3 to me feels very Splatoon. It does. It is. It's not radically different, but it's just well made. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked. You got in, right? Yeah, I got in. All right. That's Overwatch 2. The other game here, I feel like I am minutes away from finishing and will probably just finish after this podcast is the excavation of Hobbs Barrow. It is a point-and-click adventure game. If you're familiar with Wadget Eye's offerings, it is very, this will feel very familiar. Ah, uh, this is the Wadget Eye thing you kept bringing up. Uh, okay. Yes, it is by Cloak and Dagger, uh, is the developer. Wadget Eye put it out. It is uh, pixely. It is point-and-clickery. It is well-voice-acted, and I think a fantastic point and click adventure game that is does not feel like it overstays its welcome i have enjoyed it it's so hard for me to look at screenshots of this game having played all these old point and click adventure games recently yeah like it feels like this is something that should not exist like the idea that somebody is still making games just like that in 2022 (laughs) is like hard to wrap my head around like it's it's spot on enough that I can tell you like, oh, they're using the LucasArts style of dialogue display because it's just like mm-hmm. text over a character's mm-hmm. head floating in the environment. You know, it's like, oh, OK, I see exactly what the specific visual references are for this game. Yeah, it's it's very it's very old school in the in the mechanics, but it has trappings of a modern adventure game. You can it's got a map or sorry, it's got a quick travel uh, to, so you can get to different screens very quickly. It's got a double click to jump to the end of a screen to the next screen. It's it's got skip dialogue per line, which is uh, I always look forward to. But again, it really comes down to I think the pixel art is very good, and the voice acting is very good. 
this actually looks pretty cool. It's cool. It's uh, at least what I've played so far. Described as a a folk horror adventure in rural Victorian England. Okay, you're you're speaking my language here. That seems like a pretty cool setting for something like this. Yeah, it's got a, it's, you go, basically the story is this woman uh, goes, uh, what's her name? Thomas, it's it's, uh, Thomas Lena. Uh, winds up going to this kind of sleepy old town to go. She's writing a book on uh, barrows, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, burial mounds mm-hmm. and goes to the sleepy town and everybody's a small sleepy town. is a little bit reluctant to talk about this barrow she's investigating. Uh, and it's kind of like a wicker man esque vibe. That's yeah, all with that's the bees, right? Vibe I'm getting yeah. from this. And we don't talk about the barrows uh, kind of vibe to it. I mean, it's all in Victorian england but uh you know i mean have you guys do you guys watch much folk horror in your time not really okay it's very much its own kind of genre you know it tends to to focus much more obviously on the the folkloric versus like the you know the modern monster but like i i always find it to be a really interesting genre when it's done well there haven't been a lot of games i feel like that have dug too deeply into it though uh mundon Mm -hmm. which came out last year was definitely one Mm -hmm. i always like those kinds of settings though i feel like there's a lot of really interest like I don't know. I just feel like when when it's done well, like those settings are have a like just a built in kind of dread to them. Yeah, for sure. I you know I I have not watched a lot of horror of that nature, but I sure did read a lot of Nathaniel Hawthorne in college. So I'm oh, gonna yeah. get you for sure. Like it's it's a little slow moving, but I haven't I didn't don't mind. It's you know there's a lot of people interactions in it. The puzzle solving in it has been pretty straightforward, but in a way I appreciate it's it's not. It's not dumbed down, but the thing you think you should do is usually what you have to do. Where you're like, oh, I need to go find a chicken egg somewhere. And you're like, oh, yes, okay, I need to go find a chicken egg. That's right. It doesn't doesn't wind up being like, I need to go find a cow to trade for a chicken. It's, it's usually what you think you need to do, and then you just have to hunt it down. And you're never really that far from getting it. So it is called The Excavation of Hobbs Barrow. It is $15. I played it on Steam. I believe it's also on GOG if you are in that ecosystem. I recommend it. So far, again, haven't finished it, but I feel like I am extremely close to finishing it. It does not feel like there are many screens left in this game. How and long I, do you think it took you? Uh, I can tell you he has spent 6.3 hours playing this game. Okay, 6.3 hours. It's, so, so I probably would say, about an eight, seven to eight hour experience. No, I would say 6.3... Five. Yeah, you 6.35. Said, you said I'm 6.38? Well, how, how many uh, am I? 6.3. Yeah, 6.35, yes. I am like... I literally think I might be like 10 minutes away from finishing this okay. game. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I have downloaded this game since we started this segment. Yeah, it's like I, I, it's, have to, I have to check this out. It's a little bit of a slow start, but I, I kind of like it. Uh, and it, it, I think it starts to get moving. I, again, I think the voice acting is also very good. So you can buy the soundtrack on cassette tape. So that's a thing now. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, that's right. I think I had heard at some point that like cassettes, tapes, excuse me. People have. We're, we're starting to take players. on. People are starting to take on the nostalgic reverence for tapes that they have had for vinyl for some time. That's Objectively, the, s- the worst music format there Seriously. is. Seriously, would you say eight um, track is, like, is better? I think I think I, I think eight track is like actually higher quality than it is. Set, right? It is like cassette tape is absolutely the worst audio quality you can uh, get out of any major format. It's, yeah, and I, doesn't doesn't eight track have a provision for seeking to yes, in, the specific tracks. songs? Yeah, 
the yeah. tracks like, you could jump to. Dude, yeah, like cassette has none of that. Like, also, I hate saying cassette. I just have to say it <laughs> to specify what I'm talking about. Back in the day, they were just tapes. Yeah. But why would you do that to yourself? I mean, yeah, there, there is like a weird post-ironic fascination with cassette tapes right now. Like some indie bands have been putting out like tape only, you know, demos and like sing- singles and stuff. And it's just I I don't think this is going to last. The, the, the one and only thing tapes were good for were taping songs off the radio. Yeah. Or, or taping a copy of someone else's album. Or yes, like friend had a CD and I would... Uh, for educational purposes only. Uh-huh. Or or uh hooking your say like your SNES up to your tape deck and recording the um free the sound mode. If you mm-hmm. want to mm-hmm. record all the songs, mm-hmm. the music from Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh the fight music. It was pretty good for that. Recording things. That's what yes. it was good for. Or That's what it was for. Recording yourself with a microphone. Look, it was called they were called mixed tapes for a reason. That was what you used them for was yeah. to make tapes for girls. <laughs> Or guys, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying. Sad, sadly, sadly, the mixed mini disc did not catch on in the same way. No, no, it really didn't. Um, the thing I was going to ask was, how would you guys feel about maybe like the week of Halloween or the week before Halloween? Oh, Vinny's holding up tapes. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I found I, I just happened to recently have a bunch of my tapes here, and uh, some of them are mixtapes. I was going to read you guys the back of one of these tapes. Please do. I want to see what you got but uh, the thing i was going to ask was uh how would you feel maybe like that week before halloween maybe trying mortuary assistant again oh man i've go I've been back thinking about that. that game for some reason you're cursed that's why yeah uh this tape has <laughs> it's <laughs> you'll like this one i think alec mm-hmm. it's got the uh beetles all crossed out on it okay uh scribbled out it used to have uh about 10 Beatles songs and Next to it, scribbled, it just says Deftones, Bored, uh, Minus Blindfold, Poets, and Seven Words. Okay, so so five songs from the first Deftones album. (laughs) Somebody, uh, must be me, or a friend of mine. It doesn't look like my hand in writing. And then it says on the front, just mixed Deftones. (laughs) Amazing. taped over this Beatles tape and put a bunch of Deftones on it. Incredible. uh, that's That's why tapes are good. Yeah. Not that I have anything against the Beatles. It's just you can go from Beatles to Deftones just like that. I mean, if you've got to choose between one or the other, I mean, I don't respect anyone who wouldn't choose Deftones. Wow. Wow. Including Paul McCartney. Yeah. Who, uh, huge Deftones fan. That's going to do it for the games. That's grounded. Overwatch 2. The excavation of Hobbs Barrow. I don't even think I have a thing I could play a tape in, honestly, in this house. Do you guys have a tape deck? Not uh, a working I, one. I have, uh, I believe I still have Tor Thorson's handheld cassette recorder somewhere in a box. Is that mini cassettes or that's a full size? No, full size. Oh, full wow. Size. He let me borrow it for something and I, uh, anyway. Wow. That's, uh. Never uh, give it back. <laughs> no. Alex? Uh, I don't think I have a working one at this point. I might have an old one in a box somewhere, but I, I have not had a working cassette player for at least half a decade I, I believe the tape in that thing is the one that has all my interviews with celebrities on it from GameSpot. by uh, celebrities i mean frank welker uh voice of megatron keep mm-hmm. them and uh kirsten dunst you gotta and, put those guys digitize those and and maybe one or two others i forget 
does Tor's uh, cassette thing have any way? It's probably predates being able to plug into anything digital. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. Uh, R.I.P. Tor. Yes. He's drinking hot sauce in heaven now. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for the games. We're going to take a quick break. We are going to come back and do some news. Stick around. This week's show is brought to you by Bespoke Post. Alex Navarro, you know I love packages. I mean, I get them all the time. It's always an exciting time when a box arrives at your door. It is always an exciting time. Sometimes they open that box and it's from Bespoke Post. And inside that box, like this week, is a knife. It's a, a, you know, a thing I can use when I need to cut things. I think this one, I, this, I've i gotten more than a few knives from Bespoke Post. Are you trying this, to say that when you get a knife, the thing you need to do with a knife is knife? <laughs> I might have gotten around to say that in a shorter way. I, yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, this one was uh, specifically a uh, fishing knife, which means it's got uh, all the things you need to fillet a fish, let's say, or, or field dress a fish. Bespoke Post puts together a box of awesome, and the things inside that box range from whiskey glasses, which I've gotten. I've gotten uh, incense things that I still have and use in my bathroom, uh, and sometimes, occasionally, a knife uh, that will go inside a kit that is themed because, Alex Navarro, you take a quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories, and each box is valued at around $70, but you're only going to pay a fraction of that price. This is one of my favorite parts, Alex. With each Box of Awesome, you're supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your Box of Awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel at any time. To get 20% off your first monthly box, sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code NEXTLANDER at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code NEXTLANDER for 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com, code NEXTLANDER. Thanks, Bespoke Post. And we're back, and it is time for the news. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> we are back, and it's a me, the news. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, and we've got some stuff going on. You might be aware, but there is a, 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 the internet was abuzz with Chris Pratt and Mario takes. It, it was and it wasn't. I don't know, man. I, I thought we would be all like, well, we're living in a new world now. I think he... <laughs> He did basically the least interesting thing he possibly could have done, which is basically just play himself. So we uh, we got a Mario trailer that was basically a Mario Direct that was uh, showcasing some of the movie. It was. Oh, let's be real. It was a Bowser Direct. <laughs> uh, they showcased a, a never before seen trailer, live footage, not live, but uh, footage in motion of the movie. Basically, the first time we've seen anything from the movie. We got yes. some voice acting. I'll tell you this. My kids watched it. My kids' reaction? Mario sounds weird. Okay. Unprompted. All right. There uh, you have it. They both, I watched it with my daughter. She said, Mario sounds weird. And I watched it with my son. Said, Mario sounds weird. And They're I said, right. And I said, what do you think? 
are you excited to see it? And they were both said, hell yeah. So they, okay. Yeah. They right. both, nothing super, will stop them. They both love the penguins. The, the penguins, they said, oh man, the penguins are so, super I, funny. I, I'm just, uh, maybe I just need to turn in my Mario card here. I'm trying to think where those penguins are from exactly. And like, it's Mario 64, they, isn't it? I guess so. I guess so. Are they I not think that's another where they set? first showed up. I yes, thought def- there definitely are penguins in Mario 64. You're not wrong. So you got Jack Black as Bowser kind of what uh, people seem to really like Jack Black's Bowser and I don't disagree. I think he Jack- is doing a perfectly acceptable and enjoyable spin on the character. It sounds like, I, like. Jack Black. It feels like he could have ended up sucking so much and instead is awesome. Yeah. You know He's a I mean? showman. Oh, you like, mean in general or in this, in this, uh, no, no, trailer? in general, okay. like I, I, I'm trying to think how to qualify that. Like, I loved Tenacious D when Tenacious D was just like shorts on HBO. Mm-hmm. Yes. Know? But yes. like, it feels like, God, I'm trying to think how to like, it feels like he could have kept doing that exact shtick forever and nothing else. But like, he has proven to have so much range and is just very accomplished at what he does in a way that is awesome and not grating. You know what I he mean? Know, like, he his, knows his how act, to modulate it. Yeah. Like his act could have gotten old 15 to 20 years ago. Uh, but he has managed to keep it going. There's some Jack Black stuff that I, I get tired of the Jack Black shtick. I feel like you got the, yeah. the kind of over the top dial turn to 11 stuff. Yeah. Or I guess what I mean is like, he's able to play other dramatic roles and, and rein that in really well. I love them in Jumanji. I think mm-hmm. he was very good. I, uh, I like, think like, he's I, like, pretty I, good. I, yeah. Like I don't, I don't, think peter jackson's king kong is amazing but like he does a good job with that role for example you know oh yeah and not just being jack black like and and playing this more kind of anachronistic thing anyway he's need jack black's cool yeah so he does a i think he does a a perfectly i I think he'll bring something to bowser that is a a additive quality no yeah such as such as his voice and making bowser look a little like jack black which is a little weird his face also, uh, I guess this was rumored. People were saying it in chat as we were watching that direct last week, and I had not kept up with leaks about the movie, but it seems like Jack Black has kind of confirmed it since this happened, that this movie apparently is going to be a musical, which all is the most exciting thing. All musicals. Well, yeah, but like, eh, yes and no. Like, there's a difference between like the, just the, like the Shrek style of we are playing like some classic rock in the background of the song and like having actual musical numbers. I also and, think there is a, di- a, di- a differentiation between a straight up musical and a movie that ha- does have musical numbers. Like that's what I'm saying is like yeah. if, if the characters are breaking into dance routines and singing about things that are in the story, then it is very much a musical. If they do it more than twice, if there's two, if it's only two songs and it's not a big part of the movie, I wouldn't call that a musical. Like Little Mermaid musical? Yes, 100%. Yes. Like that's, oh, yes. I, I weirdly have been down a rabbit hole about like that 90s kind of golden age renaissance of yeah. Disney animation the last couple of weeks and like 100%. Like, so all Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Little Mermaid, Little Mermaid is literally, stuff, yeah. literally the movie that established that template of, of like high quality feature animation and like Broadway okay. songwriters. And, and stuff. So if they're doing that, that is very exciting. Encanto musical. Have you not seen Encanto? I haven't seen Encanto. Have not. Have not seen. Oh my gosh! Uh, I don't have kids, Vinny. Oh, it's it doesn't matter. It's just good. It's just good. 
Uh, all right. Well, I could take it. I wonder what they'll be singing about, though. Are they going to be trying oh. to sneak in some some uh, some lyrics in there? Yeah, no. There's that stuff has been stuff has been leaked about that. Like, there's a leaked script out there, isn't there? Yeah, that's where the stuff was coming from prior to this trailer, and then Jack Black making some comments that makes it kind of sound like that's the thing. In one section, this is from Video Games Chronicle. I think Jeff Grubb actually is the one who has reported on some of the stuff. Uh, it's claimed that the film features a handful of songs with various characters singing at different points, uh, including Mario, Luigi, Toads, and Bowser. Mm-hmm. In one section, Bowser is said to sing as viewers are shown his younger years and his desire to take over the Mushroom Kingdom. There's also another song about plumbing, presumably sung by the Mario Brothers. See, like, I wonder if they're original songs or... Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Like, I could see them doing songs, well-known songs, and doing a montage of Bowser coming up, uh, but doing, like, I don't know, a cover of some slightly modern imagine dragon song or something. Well, see like that's, that. that's then that's Shrek. That's not, that's yeah. not like a proper musical. That's mm. just the Shrek thing. Let's see, but we're really burying the lead here. I mean, we're not talking about the thing that everyone it was going to talk about until they heard it. And then that's, they stopped talking about that's it. The whole thing. There's nothing to talk about. I know. Well, we saw He's just a, a guy. We saw a sliver of Chris Pratt doing, Mario, we got basically got two lines. One is just Chris Pratt, where he goes, where he's like, uh, "What is this? Where place? am I? Yeah, what, what's what is?" It? And then the other one, he gets a little bit of like a Brooklyn slash Boston ish thing going on. Some Mushroom slight- Kingdom, here we come, <laughs> here we come. Uh, so yeah, he gets a little bit there. So maybe that's where things are headed if he makes mario bostonian he is going to ignite a war between new york city and boston the likes of which has not been seen since the heady days of the knicks celtics rivalry there's nothing that says mario can't be irish can't be irish no i think there is I think that is actually a fairly stated fact that he cannot be Irish. I, I just listened to it, and the way he pronounces the word here. Yeah, here. Here, we. Yeah, I can't even. Very much sounds like, hey, I'm working here. Yeah, it's is, a, is what it sounds like what he's going for. But someone told him to dial back the, hey, I'm working here by about five points. I, I, I need more to come to a conclusion. It also doesn't help that the other line he says sounds completely flat, like with, without any kind of accent. So who knows? I will say it is nice to see an inversion of the Sonic problem where people are freaking about a, a voice and not really freaking out that much about the character design. The character design does feel like a little bit off to me, but I think what I realize is they just made his head smaller and that's kind of it. Mm. It's not all they made smaller. I, I'm, so, I'm sorry. His booty. His booty? His oh, booty. well, he has no booty. His, his derriere. His booty. Yeah. His posterior. You get a little bit of Charlie Day going. That's not Charlie Day. That's Keegan Michael Key. No, no, it's Luigi who does yeah, the. Uh, kinda, do they show that? Yeah, he's yeah, running yeah, away he's at the, the end. He goes like, ah, 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 Yeah. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Which his is audio like, did not even register for me in that. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like Luigi, Luigi going, ah, 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 which is okay, yes. great. Char- Charlie Day play at Luigi's Mansion. Yes. Yes. And then you, right, you get uh, Toad, which I think sounds great. I think that was, that's, uh, I think that's good. If you're not just going to do the screechy high voice, then by all means, this, this will be fine. I'm sure. Uh, I thought that Does that Toad get a name? Toad. 
What is it in IMDb? Is it just Toadsworth? I'm going to tell you right now, I bet the running joke is that uh, they all just refer to themselves as Toad, and yeah. the big joke is that they're trying to f- tease out what his first name can, is until the end of the movie. I could, I could just, I could absolutely see it just being like, like, hey Toad, bro- oh, right. oh, oh, hey Toad, yeah. how's it going? You know, That's like, my brother Toad, right? Yes. My brother Toad, my other brother Toad, that will be uh-huh. a joke in there somewhere. I mean, uh, Brad, you never saw the, the Bob Hoskins Mario, but uh, no. Mario's name is Mario Mario. And his mm-hmm. brother's name I have is heard Luigi Mario. Yes. yes. So it can't get much dumber than that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's about what I expected. I think we talked about it a lot on the previous podcast and the, and the lead up to it, which is you're not, you're not going to go full Charles Martinet or Martinet. Martinet? Martinet. I got to confuse it. Martinet, Martinet, I believe. Martinet, because you can't. Legally. Well, I don't think his. you can do it for a, a lead, but also... You're probably just going to do a Brooklyn thing, but can Chris Pratt pull off a good Brooklyn accent the entire time? That's now. That's now. I'm going to come out on a limb here. I'm going to say something controversial. Yeah. No. I mean, Garfield's Garfield's got a voice, right? He's going to be what Garfield. What does that mean? What are you trying to communicate? <sighs> like, Garfield also has been in animated form before, and I don't just mean the uh, uh, movies. He's, you know, got that. Hey, hey, what's going? Like he's got. You're a talking mu- about Lorenzo music. You're talking about the Gator Garfield, the animated series. Yes, that's yes, exactly. So if you stray too far from that, or do you run into a similar problem where like that's not Garfield's voice, or does Chris Pratt just do the same Mario voice he's doing for Garfield? Where am? Where? What is this? Place? I don't think he has other voices. <laughs> I think yeah, he has I, slight inflections, and that is it. I really don't. Yeah, because I mean, Bill Murray kind of did the same voice, right? Like he really followed the Lorenzo music template, right? Well, yeah, I, and I mean, it's in the irony there being that Lorenzo music followed the Bill Murray template when he put voiced Peter Venkman on the cartoon. Okay, yes, well, <laughs> that's a little. This kid. is really just a snake eating its own tail. That's a or a yes, a Bill Murray eating something. <laughs> well, let's be real; these are all better actors we're talking about than Chris Pratt. So, well, yeah, yes, that's the unfortunate <laughs> reality here. I don't mind Chris Pratt's uh, role in things like it's the Le- the Lego Movie, the, a great movie, yeah, that has apparently wrought uh, a level of cultural destruction that we could not have seen coming. So the interesting thing in Lego Movie, he's supposed to be a giant square. Right, I don't mean yes. like a square brick. I mean like he's supposed to be the normal every guy, and maybe was cast as like, oh, your voice just sounds like. Vanilla ice cream, like right? We and need that is somebody what you cast to sound as, as we need. We need the most generic dude sounding person we can find, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh crap! Now he's voicing everything. Oops. <laughs> but I like his Star Lord. I like the Guardians. I don't know if it's a supporting cast more. I like in in the Guardian stuff, but I enjoy those movies. Oh, well, so, I'm talking more animated stuff. It feels like yeah, he's, kind of, he's kind of the same thing to all these animated things he's doing now. It's a little like the Kevin Costner of voice acting ish of. You just kind of get this, and that's what you get. Curious to see how the rest of it shakes out. We didn't get any uh, Donkey Kong or Princess Peach. Um, we did get some Kamek, which I thought was kind of funny. That that's, all kind of opens with Kamek uh, speaking and kind of is weird just to have a character talk right away, right? Was that your guys' initial gut thing, too? Is like, oh, right, okay, yes, we're talking. That's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I just think that we are in the unique position of being completely brain broken about this thing because we have spent the last 40 years basically just hearing one version of the Mario voice and then also the one uh, two. B- 
or sorry, the two Bob Hoskins and Captain Lua Albano divergences. Yes. Yep. And they're both perfect. Yeah. <laughs> now, now we have to. Now we it. have this. And now we have to. I think the. I think it looks good. I think. Yeah, uh, the animation's uh, nice. Yeah. 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 Or, or like the palette they're using the uh, the characters generally look pretty good. Again, I think Bowser looks a little Jack Blackish, which is just weird. But you do what you do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it it looks like a really high fidelity version of the CG that they do for the games. Yeah. Yes. It, it, but that's that's fine, I think. I think that's what you have to do for that. Just another reason why the Switch needs an upgrade so we can get those graphics on the Switch. I think they'll make a You think they'll make a game version of this? No. No. Absolutely. Not a chance. You think Mario talks in any game? No. <laughs> yeah, he already talks. Sounds like Charles Martinet. What are you talking about? I mean, yeah, at some right. point, Charles Martinet will have to retire or will want to stop doing this. And something, I mean, granted, you could probably just use the 40 years of recordings to to just make Mario games for the rest of eternity, but uh, I'm not sure if that'll The work. guy works like three days every <laughs> four or five years. Like, what do you, like, That's, why would he ever stop? There are WarioWare games. There's other things happening. I'm curious to see the rest of it. I actually, I'm excited to see this movie. Uh, but I think everybody, it's funny because I feel like everybody who was ready and girding themselves for this was pretty much like, oh yeah, no, that's the thing we thought it was going to be. We we way overhyped ourselves into believing something would happen that did not. <laughs> uh, so that was a Mario trailer. Fun story. Regardless of where you fall. It's kind of goofy. It's kind of fun. That movie's going to make a bajillion coins. It will make Nintendo even richer. Chris Pratt will become uh, uh, the one who does the voice of everything. Will become even richer. It will become. They'll make at least one more of these. I suspect. Fun story all around. This next story. I think this. I hate this story. Mm. And I'm going to let you take it, Brad, because I don't even uh. like reading anything about it. I don't like. I didn't like reading it for the show. I didn't like seeing it come in my newsfeed. The whole thing is terrible. Uh, the short version is there was some kind of foam pit at the Lenovo booth at TwitchCon in which numerous people got fairly severely injured, including uh, Adriana Chechik, who broke her back. Ah. Uh, several other streamers also. I was looking at tweets over the weekend. Let's see, like... Uh, also, to, to be clear, like I saw at least one other person who got injured at TwitchCon not at this thing. Somebody, I saw a streamer who had broken their ankle at TwitchCon and went out of their way to say, no, this was not in that foam pit, but they didn't say where it was, so I don't know what oh, boy. the hell was going on at TwitchCon so this I th- weekend. I think it's pretty, I think we need to say that she's has, having surgery, or she's maybe had surgery at this point, has a, getting a metal rod in her back. She broke it in two places. I doesn't sound like or i couldn't see anything that went into lasting um like paralysis or any damage to her spinal cord no no it seems like it will be recoverable but nonetheless like it's just so this this foam pit which was a a co-branded thing i believe by lenovo and intel yes uh was just a bunch of hard foam cubes in a very shallow pit Oh god, I hate this whole thing. I hate it so much. She landed on her tailbone. Is that what happened? She just went butt first onto the the foam, and it did not result in anything good. Yeah, yeah. Here's there's another streamer that I saw over the weekend that's mentioned in this Kotaku story who dislocated her knee in that pit as I hate, well. I hate all of this. Uh, 
lawsuits inbound, I would assume. Oh, man. Like, geez, man, how does this even happen at a major convention? People are idiots. Not the people necessarily jumping in. The, like, we, like, having an adult foam pit and just... And having it be about four inches deep. Just god-awful. Also, also at the top of this whole thing is the world's largest corporation. Yeah. Oh, man. And it, at least I think they still are. And so they were, like, battling it out. Right, you're talking about Amazon? Yes. Um, they, it, was it, like, American Gladiators, like, like a battle on these two podiums and get knocked into a phone pit? No. It was, it, I mean, I, they might have been doing something like that, but in this case, they were also just letting people jump in from okay. this little pedestal that looked like an American Gladiators pedestal. Ugh, I, I don't know. It's a whole I, thing. I mean, Twitch seems like they are trying to distance themselves from this thing, saying that, like, you know, hey, this was their installation. We didn't really have any say in that, but also this is your show. What the hell are you doing? Uh, I, everything about this seems like there are or at least three layers of, you know, testing and security and, and, and responsibility that should have been there beforehand. I here. Okay. I wonder if this was a thing that's like that got set up and they were like, you cannot jump into this. There's no diving into this. This is in case you fall while you're on these pedestals, while you're having these mock battles. Cause the pictures I see have two pedestals and like basically squishy nerf club things. That- I wonder if the original setup was like, that's what you're supposed to do. And then the people supervising it allowed people to do jumps into it which it was never intended for. Truly don't know, but either no even idea. as a a American Gladiators like thing, like that is not a good setup for that because even landing on your side on those cubes does not look like it would be good. No, I'm not excusing any yeah. of it, but uh this whole thing I I I hate this so much. It's just I hate it. crazy to me because you tend to think things are better these days with stuff like event organization and like you would go back like 15 20 years and say like, "Oh, some of those cons were not run." Yeah super well by modern standards so for this i mean this is far worse than anything i ever heard about happening at, at different kinds of events back in the day like it's just crazy TwitchCon in general seemed a little i don't know what the word i'm looking for is but it all seemed a little like i know it wasn't thrown together but the vibe of it felt very much like this is our first big thing back everyone's back and it seemed like everything about it was a little ramshackle yeah Ugh. I I wonder what the I, I like I'm happy the people who are injured from this hopefully are on a road to recovery and it's not worse than it is because this stuff just sends chills down my entire body yeah. of um you know a as, as an adult who <laughs> you can get someone, inju- injuries that you don't recover from as uh, someone who pays healthcare costs in this country yes this makes my <laughs> spine crinkle into you know a little ball yeah, and like, you know, the people who are participating in this who are not aware that there's safety hazards in this also just makes me extremely mad. You know, yeah. that, you, you know, you could go to do, do this thing and not realize you're putting yourself in danger and not have the supervising staff or the people trained or or the people who built it aware that this could happen. It's scary, you know, that to be like, hey, it's like some bad carny shit. Like, oh, the salt and pepper shaker flew apart kind of stuff. <laughs> Also, all the people on social media who saw this and had the first reaction of just making shitty jokes about it, because if you don't know, Adriana Chechik is a former adult actress or still, I'm not sure if she still is, but the number of awful jokes about this out there was fucking disgusting. Wait, how do you make a joke about somebody nearly getting paralyzed? I'm not going to repeat a lot of the stuff I saw. Don't. 
Okay. I know, I, I know what like, jokes you're talking about. And like it was fuck just that. like, fuck, I could not believe that shit. It's like, oh my God, like this is a human being and this is a very grievous injury. <laughs> like how the fuck are you such a pile of walking shit? Hey. That this is your response to somebody suffering. Something uh, that's awful. I don't want to talk about this one anymore. I hope everybody who was injured, um, uh, has the support and recovery situation that they need to, to get back literally on their feet. And I hope whoever is responsible for this is punitively suffered. suffered. I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know. <laughs> the response from Lenovo also was just like, so downplayed this whole thing. Like, Kotaku got a quote from Lenovo. We are aware of the incidents of TwitchCon visitors who sustained injuries in the Gladiator game soft foam pit at the Lenovo booth. The area has since been closed for any further use while we work with event organizers to look into the incidents. I really wonder if it's like, the thing that, where they, they needed to be like, you cannot do these certain things in this pit and nobody fucking supervised like, it. it. It's just, I mean, that, that statement, though, is just like so mechanical. Oh, that is like, and, we, we and can't like, say too much because we are going to have lawsuits against us. Yeah, yes. Like, we will say the words, we are looking into it. We will yeah. say the words, soft foam pit. Yeah. Uh have to imagine multiple jobs are going to be lost over this there will hopefully be some kind of lawsuit because you know like again i i come at this also from my kids go to these fucking trampoline centers all the time and i have to constantly you know i'm always thinking like all right you know you're supposed to have one kid on a trampoline at a time and here are like seven kids dogpiling on this trampoline and you know nobody are people watching and all this stuff I oh i almost fucked up my back in one of those places one time and i was like you know what i'm good i'm done, you're the, done right. the close call was enough <laughs> yeah yeah all right i again i hope everybody uh the the people who were hurt uh find what they need to find whether that's physically or financially like you said mm -hmm. alex that stuff is not cheap medical care uh let's move on to some happy news right everybody loves to hear about meta happy for happy for some people sure yeah happy for somebody uh i don't know i just thought through this in there because we have have firsthand experience with some of the studios involved what is this story uh facebook went on a little shopping spree and bought a handful of small game development studios Mm -hmm. I, re I refuse to call them meta. I respect God that. I respect it. it. I respect everybody it. who reported on this is just like meta has acquired these teams to work on VR games. Like, come on. It's just, uh, just for my own edification is meta a parent company of Facebook I'd or is it a rebrand of it possible in terms of corporate structure that it might be like Google and alphabet where okay. it's like a, a umbrella or I, I don't know if they literally just renamed. Okay. Or maybe they established a new corporate entity that's called Meta. I really don't know, but it's well, Facebook. Fa Facebook is still a product too, right? Like it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, um, so what, what mean, did they buy here? Like, I mean, like, you know, they would argue this was their attempt to like to create a larger brand around the disparate products yeah. and, and markets that they're in, which right. like, sure. Uh, VR is not the same thing as social media as much as Mark Zuckerberg would like all of them to blend together. But like still, they're really just trying to run away from all of the stigma around the name Facebook. Anyway. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is for the Oculus meta, whatever you want to call it, arm of the company. Uh, they acquired Camouflage. Which people might not be familiar with. Uh, it's it? studio founded by, by Ryan Payton. Mm-hmm. 
Metal Gear Solid Four veteran Ryan Payton, mm-hmm. who we have, who, who we know and have have worked with off and on over the years. They made Republic. Yep. Uh, was their kind of their big original game, but then they they made that Iron Man VR game for PlayStation VR, which was pretty neat. From it's pretty well regarded, I, I think. Too, yeah, right? it's pretty neat from the little bit I played of it. Um, they also bought Twisted Pixel, which is kind of wild. Another okay. one that people might not have heard of for a yeah. while. So I had mega lost track of them. I think in somewhere in the back of my head, they were still owned by Microsoft. No, they they bungeed. That's right. They bungeed out from under Microsoft and went independent again. So did they uh, have a VR product? Was it was I, Wavy I, Tube Man VR? I, I, mm, no. I don't know about that one. They, they've made at least one, if not multiple, VR games uh, okay. at this point. I just don't keep up with VR that much. So I... Oh, wow. Yes. Their last f- four games were VR games. They've had four VR games? Yes. What? Uh, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know how, like, how in-depth those experiences are. They might be short or bite-sized or something. But yeah, they've put out, they've put out four products for Oculus headsets. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and they also picked up Armature. Which is a studio that I think pulling a name out of a hat here. I think wasn't Jack Matthews one of the founders of of Armature, like old old Quake era Dallas like first person shooter <laughs> development scene. This is extremely my interest from late nineties coming through here. I'm sorry, but anyway, Arm- Armature is a Texas studio that has worked with Nintendo uh, and some other stuff. Like they did contract work on. Metroid Prime. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They they worked on Metroid Prime, I think, at Retro. I want to say they came from Retro. Okay. And started Armature, but they they've like they did they did that Batman game for Vita, if you remember that. I do um, I do. I think they've done contract work on, at least according to what I'm reading, like Metal Gear Products, Borderlands, Injustice, like different stuff like that. Anyway, they did RE4 VR. Okay. okay. That's, that's the VR connection is that they did that Resident Evil 4 VR game. The official uh, RE4 VR. Yes. And okay. so anyway, these are all just sort of smaller studios that we are aware of for various reasons. Because uh, of the, that are all now part of the Oculus family. family Twisted Pixel had a really fun early catalog. Yeah. Yes. The Maw Explosion yeah. Man. Mm-hmm. Gunstringer. 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 I, I thought Loco Cycle. Comic Loco Jumper. Cycle, Loco Cycle sucked. Yeah, Loco Cycle. Loco Cycle is about where I think things went kind of. I, I appreciated that what they were going for with Loco Cycle. Yeah. As a, as a launch Xbox One game, I could kind of uh, appreciate that they were just kind of going for it, even if it wasn't great. Is Chainsaw still at Twisted Pixel? Still doing uh, music there, probably. Does everybody still love donuts? I guess probably. The, the are question. they still? Are their games also? Did they? Did they? Did they adapt the beard engine for VR? <laughs> I wonder. Could it? Could it make it up to VR? Man, yeah. yeah that, I I kind of lost touch with that studio after Teasdale left and went to go start oh, uh, No Goblin. Right. I man, I totally forgot he was a Twist Pixel. Yeah, he worked on Gunstringer. Right. Yeah, Gunstringer uh, was neat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're they're pretty much a VR studio now. Okay, as are camouflage and armature, I suppose. So, what does that mean for? <sighs> That's the big question. Oculus game. Their store has become less of a proprietary store, right? Like 
stuff that is on the Oculus Store comes to Steam as well now. I'm not in the VR not, ecosystem, so I don't really know, but I, that's what I heard. I think there are a fair few Oculus exclusive games that never leave the Oculus Store, I think. Okay. Well, I mean, the bigger thing now is that because I'm, I'm never going to stop calling them Facebook, so I'm just going to say Facebook here as shorthand. Their investment in this metaverse stuff and the way that all these company resources are being funneled into that is where I start wondering kind of where these studios fit into that larger plan because the like you know the quest stuff and the VR stuff is eventually just going to get you know hooked in with all of this metaverse bullshit that they are really redlining the company to try and make happen. Mm. And I just, I, I'd like, you know, look, I know, I don't know anything about these companies' financials. I don't know where they were at, but I, my, my personal instinct is that if I was being brought into that company at this time, I would be wary of what they actually wanted me for because this metaverse stuff does not feel like it is going to take off in any meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And I have a bad feeling that is going to splash back in a bad way to people who are developing stuff specifically for the quest. Maybe they got a bunch of money though. You know, to come in. I mean, in the short term, yes. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they all start a super company with Ryan Payton and Twisted Pixel folks and Armature. We'll see. I don't know about this. I'm too old to know or care about what's going on with Meta. I... Wait. Oh, you're not alone on that uh, one. Don't being worry. Being old is the prerequisite to caring about what's going on with Meta, because I promise anybody <laughs> under the age of like 35, Facebook might as well not exist. I get the maybe kids I'm, absolutely do not give a shit. Do I mean, not. Like, yeah. I thought they might I, care about VR. They do not care about the metaverse. I mean, they do not care about Facebook. I mean, any social media older than TikTok is like fucking beyond done <laughs> for anybody that's like 20 ish. It's a WhatsApp. Is that kind of WhatsApp? That's uh, not really social media. That's more okay. messaging. Uh, I don't know what the uh, other ones are. I mean, Instagram Insta- is just Instagram. Facebook at this point. So yeah. that's, that's yeah. Social media. Uh, speaking of social media, Brad, this next story coming from Phil Spencer's social media accounts. Mm. What, what, is Phil, what is Phil leaking here intentionally or unintentionally? Uh, Microsoft went and formalized this idea that like secret products show up on the shelves of Phil Spencer behind him because he went and tweeted some fallout 25th anniversary photo that the straight up Xbox Twitter account replied to going like, Hey boss, maybe you shouldn't leave a prototype hardware lying around in your photo. And it's like, uh, uh, and what you he might be leaning into this just a little too hard. I don't know here. And what are people uh, assuming um, it is? There are, there's a, there is a tiny box that looks like a very small Xbox Series S on his shelf, which is basically said to be a prototype of their set-top streaming box, which I guess mm. is um, codenamed Keystone. I have not seen that name before. I'll be honest. When I looked at this thing, I thought it was just a little model. Oh, like yeah, a little model like Xbox? It- yeah. It, looks, it almost mean, looks like a Wiimote on its side. It's, it's yeah, like, or honestly, I mean, it looks like, you know, they made the tiny PlayStation, the tiny NES, like those little <laughs> mm-hmm. emulation boxes. Like, it looks like 20 years from now, if somebody did that with an Xbox Series S, yeah, it's the mini version of that. But, like, the thing is basically Microsoft's Apple TV is the rumor. Uh, although, 
I don't... What is going on over there? They said... They have since said, like, oh, that was an old prototype. We have now moved away from that design direction. Mm-hmm. It's like, why did you put it out there? <laughs> I don't know. Why are you out there, like, seeding people's expectations with something that you're not actually going to do? So do you think that... You, you're saying this was planted for sure. That is you, oh, yeah, your, yeah, your take is like 100%. Like, well, I mean, I, I guess think he's doing plausible. it to be cheeky, but yes. I guess it's plausible. He just forgot it was there. I doubt it. It's kind of front and center and not well positioned for something that is like, if you look at the photo, there's a sword with a controller centered underneath it. And then this thing just looks like it is stuffed onto the shelf in a way that is not something you would have there all the time also yeah, he's that's how that's how you sell it as legitimate is you got to make it look as shitty as possible no but the rest of the shelf looks organized and this thing just looks like it's chucked up there the other thing is he already has a vault boy on his shelf <laughs> why does he, he's like putting this one uh on the shelf to be like look vault boy stop by so like, you already got one on there he's in the corner you don't need another one it's all right look look some people collect porcelain dolls just let the man have his vault boys. I think it's awesome. I like Phil Spencer. Uh, I think it's fun. I think if you want to show off prototype hardware this way, go for it. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, but I, I, I feel like this is it, though. <laughs> That's what I meant. Like, I think they have. We're done officially. Yeah. By calling this much attention to it, I feel like they have. Now it's going to turn into an arms race of like who can put mm-hmm. wackier shit behind them until it just burns itself out. Now it's like the t-shirt less, thing, less right? More. He can't wear the the t-shirts on stage yeah. anymore. Uh, I don't know. I'm curious about that product. I want to see what they end up doing with it. Like the rumor is it's like, Hey, it's a, it's an X, it's an X cloud only device. It's like the mm-hmm. thing that won't play any like games locally, but you can stream all the game pass games to it, which is a cool idea unto itself. But mm-hmm. I want to know if they're going to allow the Xbox store, all the apps and stuff to run on this thing mm-hmm. because that marketplace is wild. Like, like what's some of the wilder stuff on there? You're talking I mean, beyond you can, like you HBO like any, apps or like, like, I don't know if there's still UWP apps. I don't know what the framework is at this point, but like you can sell apps that you made for PC on that thing and you can straight up just go download VLC for the okay. Xbox now. Okay. Like hell yeah. You can straight up download VLC for free on an Xbox, plug a USB stick full of videos into that Xbox and just play them. Can you point yeah, it to baby. a network uh, share? Um, I think so. Yeah. Hmm. Like Cody, all kinds of stuff like that. Like, it's just the idea of the Xbox of say 15 years, like the 360 era Xbox being able to do things like that. I mean, yeah, they always had the built-in media player app, but that did not support file formats and codecs the way that fucking VLC does. Uh, like it just, it feels so anything goes compared to how buttoned up Xbox used to be that if you can do stuff like that on that box, that would be pretty neat. I'm, uh, you know, with coupled with Game Pass, which again, I, you know, is not free. You pay a subscription for it, but coupled with Game Pass, this is I I would be into one of these in a room in the house that just doesn't have it because you could also I assume stream like they said your your local games right a local system to this thing as well presumably. not just cloud right that's one of their presumably although yeah. I tried to set that up with the Xbox Windows app this morning and was not super successful. So oh really? Mm. Okay. Um. I like it's I I would be down to try one of these out if the price point is right, which I would say it needs to be in the hundred dollar range and just have Xbox controllers. I wonder if they would use Bluetooth or use their proprietary Xbox uh, stuff with it. They should do Bluetooth on this thing, I would say. But 
Maybe they maybe for latency stuff they use their Xbox nonsense. Um, hmm, that's a good question. Maybe they do both. Uh, yeah, they might. They might just allow you to use whatever controller you have to keep yeah. the price of the box down. Right, and multiple controllers and stuff. Yeah, and, like they, and, they, uh, they say they're using. They say they're using a proprietary codec that's engineered for latency for the controllers. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, but it, it doesn't use that on the Windows side, right? If when you plug in that, or do you? Do you have to plug in that Windows dongle still? Yeah, if you got the dongle, it'll use that. Okay. Uh, it's neat. I think that will work if the library is there coming off the heels of the Stadia announcement that they are closing down. Again, streaming is not dead. It's just I think the model of service needs to be better. Let's jump into another story here. Saints Row is not dead. That's what they tell me. Saints Row is still alive? No. Okay. It's on life support at least. You tell me. Saints Row, what if I told you that there might be over 200 bugs in the game at launch? If they have 200 yeah, bugs. I would believe you. If they, uh, are, if they are doing a major update that includes over 200 bug fixes, that's a lot of bugs. That sounds low to me. <laughs> what uh, is the story about Saints Row? In their, I, mean, I, just put the, I only put here. this in here because I was complaining a couple weeks ago that the game still hadn't gotten patched. Yeah. Uh, it has pulled a couple of hot fixes since launch that had some fixes in it, but they have flat out come out and said, hey, the first major update's coming in November. Okay. And is going to have a ton of bug fixes in it. So uh, again, for for the next Lander Faithful, you, Brad, and Alex do not think it is, and I, I think I'm with you, uh, agree that it's not just the bug fixes. No. I, I mean, I started to flippantly say that I am raring to get back to Saints Row as soon as they patch it, but that's not actually the case no yeah like the the problems with that game definitely run deeper and just sort of the generic open world design and very spotty writing are not things that are going to be fixed by bug fixes the thing is i could have foreseen a world where i at least played a good chunk of that game and endured those uh, you know former things were it not for the latter bugs and at a certain point the latter bugs were just like, I just don't, there's no value in me continuing on in this thing. Yeah, yeah, like we talked about it the week it came out, but like losing losing 30 minutes of progress mm-hmm. doing a, a whole ass story mission just because the game locked up at the loading screen was like, okay, I could put up with a lot, but mm-hmm. you were just straight up wasting my time now. Um, they should fix it. I mean, of course they should. Like well, yeah. They sold it. They, sh- they sold it, and they it's good that they are going to stick it out and clean it up so it's at least playable. They they say there's all kinds of quality of life things and like a free cosmetic pack and <laughs> new gameplay content coming next year and all kinds of stuff. They say they are in it for long term. Also, the CEO of Embracer, I almost put this in the news last week, like had had spoken on an earnings call about the game being polarizing is the word he used. The launch of it. Yeah, like the reception, uh, right? I had hoped for a greater reception to the game, he says. Mm-hmm. Uh we all hope for a lot of things. Yeah. But he was he was at least somewhat forthcoming about the fact that a lot of people were not happy with the game. Anyway, I don't think any of us are going to get back to Saints Row anytime soon, but at least at least they have not abandoned it. All right. And finally, someone please explain to me what this Kojima thing is. I tried to read this story like three times and I feel like I couldn't really follow what is what I is, mean, is is it the fact that he's basically doing a who's on first bit with this like little bit of promotion here or well, what is it 
I mean, I know there's a lot of intentionally obscure stuff, but is it more than one game we are talking about? I have no idea. Okay. Like not, what? Not that I'm aware of. Well, okay. Here's what we know as far as what is going on at Kojima Productions right now. We know that there is some game that Norman Reedus referred to as the second one. Uh, Whether he is referring to a specific Death Stranding sequel or just the next game for that studio, no one has elaborated. There seems to be some some scuttlebutt that it is probably a Death Stranding sequel somewhere in there. There is also this horror game that has been talked about with, I think, Margaret Qualley is the star of that one. Okay. Is she? Okay. I, they, that was, I think, the original information that came out. Whether she's oh. the only star, I don't know. But. Yes, we talked about You're right. We talked about that. That there was leaked footage. The, the footage never got out, but it got leaked to a reporter who described it and said that she was in the footage. The reason I ask that is that it's, there's some speculation that she might also be in this new game that stars. Oh, uh, uh, Emma? Ellie. Ellie no. Fanning? Elf Fanning. Elf Fanning Son, please. Yes, Elf Fanning Son. Dude. <laughs> I don't know what it was about that tweet. It's just there's just something weird about that tweet he put out. <laughs> That's like photos of her posing in this like 360 degree photo capture thing. I don't well, know. No. There's, there's Kojima's just a strange. <laughs> there's there's not something weird. Like it is something that is in fact extremely tangible and extremely identifiable, which is that Hideo Kojima fucking loves famous people. That's mm. kind of what it is. That's what I'm getting at. Is yeah. there's just something like I Maybe calling it fetishistic is a little bit extreme, but like, you get what I mean? Like, I get what you mean. I, but I think he just really enjoys the fact that he gets to hang out with famous people. Yes. And like, on a certain level, I kind of understand that. Uh, sure. Yeah. And, and it's not like, you know, it's not like he is doing it just to hang out with them. Like, obviously, they are mm. doing their well, well, I mean, they're doing real dramatic work in his games, of course. It's true. But I also wonder if there is like a certain amount of I am writing this game specifically so I get to hang out with more famous people kind of thing going on there. In- entirely possible. Where would uh, I know L Fanning from? OK, so L Fanning is Dakota Fanning's sister. Okay, I know Dakota, you know who Dakota Fanning yes. is. Uh-huh. OK, so L has been in a number of movies. Uh, and the thing, the one that I'm going to point to here, uh, kind of ties some things together here in terms of the Kojima-verse, uh, is that she was the star of the, I think, 2016 Nicholas Windingreffen movie, Neon Demon. Don't and Nicholas Windingreffen, if you don't know him, he's the director of Drive, Valhalla Rising, a bunch of other very uh, moody and somewhat impenetrable movies. Okay. Uh, and also he is uh, Heartman in Death Stranding. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, oh I totally well, forgot. Okay. His face is. I think he's <laughs> one of the people that got recast oh. with a different voice actor, but yes. Okay. The okay. likeness. I, I totally, because that happened with Del Toro too, right? It was just yes. his likeness, but not his voice. Uh, not terribly far off from his original voice, but it is not him. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So anyway, like he is basically he is he has found the star of one of his good director friends movies and decided that, well, what if Elle Fanning was in one of my games? Then that brings me closer to, you know, the director friend that I have. And like we have a shared. I don't know. I don't know. I'm speculating here, but I I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah, no, the, you have you have unpacked fairly well why that tweet struck me the way it did. So you get so there's a tweet with the where who who am I where am I stuff, right? I'm always asking this, and that's the was that was the L Fanning reveal, 
And then there was just the Elf and his son uh, okay. photo tweet. So there's, but there's been more like there's a who is who, where is where or whatever. And there's like another one with another outline of a person. So I assume there's like another care, like actor that is going to be revealed for whatever the hell project it is they're promoting here. Okay. Which again, but again, all, again, all of his tweets read like a who's on first bit and it is really funny, but I don't think that's what he's going for. Okay. And then we have death stranding Two possibility. We have um, horror. Was that codename Overdose or that horror game? Yes. Possibility. Which and is the Xbox game. Oh, so, so is that, is that is, the is, Xbox is that the, game? Is that, that's what oh, I was well, going to say. Or is there know if, the Xbox game? I don't know if that's confirmed. I think I think it's... They didn't actually confirm the name of that game, did they? No, they didn't. And that's the thing is that like the only thing he said about the Xbox game is that it is not coming anytime soon. Okay. Right. I, that, I believe it was kind of un- understood by the leakers that that is the name of the Xbox oh. game, but nobody, nobody 100% knows for sure. So I was keeping three balls in the air, right? The Xbox game, the horror game, and Death Stranding 2. And I wasn't okay. sure which ones are which. Okay, I, I'm looking back at this now. I think that was just a coincidence of timing because the stuff about market quality, uh, quality. Also, we are talking an awful lot about rumored Kojima projects. <laughs> I mean, this whole thing is nonsense. Uh, the footage with Margaret Margaret Quali in it that got reported by people like Tom Henderson. I guess that was just like very close to the Xbox conference, so close that it seemed like whatever Kojima said at Xbox was going to refer to that game, but I guess that could be a coincidence. Like right. that 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 footage could be this game and the Xbox thing could be something totally different. Okay. Well But it seems possible that could that could this all be the same game? I could they still only be a one game studio? I don't think so. I think at bare minimum there are two games here. I think okay, a that's, completely that's new thing. game for Xbox would be weird if that's Death Stranding uh, too. Well well that couldn't be. Well yeah. maybe it could be. I think they own the IP. I don't think it I so I think, think it's, that, but they, they, they said they're, but either way, they could be, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to look at this right now and figure out if there's any chance they are doing another PlayStation game or, well, so they've said they're still working with Sony. Okay. Like the, okay. The, the, they're not moving to Microsoft as an exclusive studio for them or anything like that. They said they are still doing work for PlayStation. I think. Okay, so it seems possible they are. They have maybe staffed up to a two-game studio. Then at potentially. least right, at least two things in a hopper. I don't know this. So what is confirmed? There is confirmed that there is. L. Fanning will be in a game. That is the only thing that is confirmed. The only or, things we know for certain is that Norman Reedus was out there talking about a second game, and at some point, L. Fanning showed up at their photo studio. <laughs> that is a, that is the grand sum of what we know to be true. I mean, that would be kind of that would be a pretty amazing, a, a pretty amazing Kojima swerve if like they hired her to promote this game, and it turned out she was not in the game at all. <laughs> Like that is, I never that would said be, she was in it. Yeah, that would be that would be some serious like you actually play as Raiden for this entire <laughs> game kind of shit. If she was in all of the marketing and then it turned out she was not in the game at all, um, that's pretty good. It's pretty. Maybe it's um, maybe it's a prequel to Death Stranding, and maybe this is what was the the what was the mom character's name? Mom Bridges. The the oh uh mama. Was it Mama? It was, was literally Bridge. Mama. No, no, not not the mom. No, the Bridges' actual mom. Oh, yeah, Bridges' strand quality. Yeah. Quality. God, I cannot <laughs> talk today. Uh, 
Bridget Strand. Bridget was the Strand. President. Maybe it's a prequel where Elle Fanning could play like a younger Bridget Strand, or maybe she. That game is so weird. Maybe she gets uh, uh, reincarnated in some weird. Uh, form. Somehow she's reincarnated as 1970s Lindsay Wagner. It's really fucking weird. <laughs> that whole thing is. I don't know. Try to make sense of the games. Try to make sense of uh, Kojima's social media post mixed in with his kind of weird stardom lust thing that he has acquired. You want to say Starfucker so bad, but you're just not willing to say it. I'm not willing to say it, but uh, I think he... I don't think it would surprise anybody to say Kojima wants to direct a Hollywood movie. I think. Or, Or wants to have... That circle, right? I don't know if he actually I, wants to thing. direct I a Hollywood movie. I think he wants oh, to be I mean, in that circle. His Twitter bio still to this day says 70% of my body is made of movies. Okay. And like within the last week, he was tweeting photos of movie day at the studio. But yeah. that's the thing. Everybody's gathered in a dark room watching a film. I don't personally believe that he, at this stage of his life, has a strong desire to get out there and direct a movie. I just think he wants directors and film people to respect them the way that they respect other directors in their field. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I like, I like looking at his, <clears throat> excuse me, his Twitter feed. I feel like, I feel like he does have like a sort of Tarantino esque, like just deep love and appreciation oh, yeah. for, oh, for yeah. genuine. That's genuine culture, filmmaking, et cetera, et cetera. Like he's just, he's just obsessed with this stuff. Yeah. Like I, even I think beyond that, I feel like he wants to be at like, the party with Andy Warhol, right? And like laugh at the jokes and talk about the art scene and what's going on in I think art and media. Be Andy Warhol. And, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Like like that that you know, that vibe, right? Like, oh, I was in that scene, I was doing stuff. We'll see. Oh, I mean He was he's definitely made a name for himself in games. Let's see if uh, it'll trend. And he is seems to be able to pull in talent, though. You think he looks at something like the Quarry and is like, "That's art." Now that's that's some Ooh. Hollywood. That's Ooh. some Hollywood directing. That has the right number of famous people in it to be art. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. More to come, I'm sure, as those games enter, continue, start production. I don't know. I don't know. That's going to do it for the news, folks. Mario, TwitchCon horror stories. Facebook, not horror stories. Phil Spencer's photo wall. Uh, Saints Row. Hideo Kojima likes famous people. (laughs) Kojima still likes famous people. Brad, do we have two games? Possibly at least two games, if not more. Uh, Brad, do we have any emails this week? Yeah, we could do a couple real quick here. She got for an email. These emails were sent to podcast at nextlander.com. Send us oh. some emails if you'd like for them to potentially be read on the show. Podcast at nextlander.com. Emails like? Uh, Chase from Cleveland wrote in with a snippet of that John Carpenter interview that is making the rounds in which he confesses to be addicted to Fallout 76. What do we make of this? He's talked about this before. He said, like, I think last year even that he was still playing a lot of that game. Man, like, I I took him to be, like, a more of a story-driven. I mean, I guess that game has quests and NPCs and stuff now. I always thought of him as more of a, like, Assassin's Creed mm. or not necessarily, like, building survival-type games. 
I mean, he does like those too, but the thing he says in that interview is that gameplay is the thing, first and foremost, that brings him back. Okay, I can respect that. Yeah, but like he's, you know, I mean, he's talked about how much he loves Dead Space, talked about how he wants to maybe one day direct a Dead Space movie if they'd have him. Huh. Mm. I mean, <laughs> boy, mm. that, I don't think Dead Space exists without the thing, so. Yeah. That would make some sense. But yeah, like he's, but that's the thing. His gaming tastes are all over the place, and it's really down to just like what is he obsessed with in a given moment. And right now, apparently, it's Fallout seventy six, and you know, going back and I think he said he played all of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So, what was the last uh, uh, top five or ish games he did for Giant Bomb? Do you remember, like, what his last year was? Uh, that would have been. I'm gonna guess 17. 17. When did and when did uh, Fallout come out? 76. Was that like? Tw- it was like two, three years ago. Three okay. years ago. Three years ago. Okay. Let's see. I was gonna look up. I was gonna try and look up his last one to see if it's on there, but it would be before probably. Uh, I'm not sure if the wiki has been kept up to date. 2014 is the most recent one I see here, but maybe people mm. just didn't. Add we definitely. His. We did, ones. we did at least one or two after Patrick left, because Patrick is the one who made the connection there. Nice. But I think after that, we kind of stopped doing them with him. Let's see. 2014, his number one game was, in fact, Assassin's Creed Unity. Nice. Far Cry 4 at number two, despite <laughs> loading screen issue. Nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's Evil great. Within and Murdered. <laughs> but, you know, I would believe oh. that John Carpenter was into games such as those. God, I forgot Murdered even existed. Uh, yeah, those were always really fun because you could tell someone just bugged him for a list and that was what he <laughs> sent over and no one was going to be like, could you do more? <laughs> like, what was I going to do? Say, this isn't good enough, John Carpenter? Absolutely no. not. And of course, I don't. All, when all is said and done, I just want to know what John Carpenter's favorite games are. Like, yeah. He doesn't have to write a book totally. about them. Yeah. This is this is totally this. If this is what you want us to have, this is what we will run. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, that's, um, uh, was there more to that email, Brad? No, that was it. Okay, I don't, uh, know if, I don't know if y'all read that interview. He also says in there at one point that he would love to score a video game. See, that's the one I think could happen. I don't think he's going to go back to directing anytime soon. He was pretty burned out by the end, but mm-hmm. like some studio somewhere, super massive. I'm looking at you. Mm. Just get him. Just get oh, him yeah. to make some, make you some music, man. God, that would be great. I mean, be- he's only seventy four. I thought he was older than that. He's still got he's still got plenty of good years left. Yeah, but I think he wants to spend those years getting high and playing video games and watching basketball mostly. I mean, look, I get it, but that would be pretty rad. Yeah, if he if he, I'm trying to think if there's a studio better than Supermassive that he could work with. And I don't the know unfortunate one. The unfortunate answer to that question is Bloober Team. That's the one that would probably mm. actually go after him, but, mm. you know. You know. I think if Supermassive had him score a game, they need to give him a cameo in that game somewhere. Oh, yeah. Like, put John Carpenter's likeness in, uh, like, a a little town shopkeeper where they're buying gasoline or something. I mean, like, you guys know which way you're going? All right. And then that's it. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> Good luck out there. Gas up. Brad, we have another email. Um, how about there's a question from Barry in Virginia Beach that I'm guessing perhaps Alex is the only person qualified to address. Okay. 
I don't know what to make of this one. All right. Vampire Survivors equals Bo Jackson in Tech Mobile. Discuss. Uh, I mean, that, that's just about the entirety of the email. So I'm just wondering if you can maybe unpack. Okay. What's being asserted here. I think the assertion here is that the thing that is satisfying about the game Vampire Survivors, which is just controlling a little man who is doing and just gobs and gobs of increasing damage over time, is similarly pleasing to the act of going full diagonal with Bo Jackson <laughs> and Tecmo Bowl and just bowling over everyone. And I think that is not a connection my brain would have ever made, but I see how they got there. Hey, brains are cool. Sometimes weird stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I love the expression going full diagonal. I know exactly what you mean, mm -hmm. but I don't think I've ever heard anybody say going full diagonal with Bo Nobody Jackson. has gone diagonal the way that Bo Jackson <laughs> went diagonal in that game. Bishops in chess don't even go diagonal the way Bo Jackson does. It's true. Um, he was very good diagonally. I guess I, I could have read the subject line is the only other clue I can offer here. The subject line is, does Bo know the law? Oh. No. Bo doesn't need to know the law. Bo is beyond the law. Bo is beyond reality. Okay. As far as I know, Bo Jackson is a happily retired, pleasant person and is, is you know, has not fallen into any of the traps a lot of, like, other athletes of that era have fallen into in later life. So, good yeah. on him. I hope he's happy. Was he just two sports? Yes. He was football okay. and he was... Uh, Base he was baseball, right? Baseball. But was there anybody who did three... Ooh, basketball, like throw a basketball in there? No one, to my knowledge, has ever maintained successful careers in all of them. Okay. Is there too much overlap in the seasons to do three? That's the other thing. The reason all those like two-sport athletes did baseball is that most of baseball happens when other sports are not happening. Ah, okay. Oh, hey, there's a whole Wikipedia page about this. <laughs> it's like Michael that Jordan. On my own time. Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson, those are Wait, like the did, three notable ones. What did Jordan? Did Jordan play baseball? He did Jordan baseball played baseball for a while. Yeah. God, I forgot about that. He, he also stopped playing basketball for a little bit while he was doing that. Huh. He wasn't super great at baseball, right? Yeah, he was like, he was acceptable, but he was definitely not Jordan, you know? Right, right. Uh, any more emails, Brad? Um, you do one more okay. real quick. Rob from Raleigh, North Carolina. My wife and I are moving across the country and plan to buy a new house once we settle back on the East Coast. I was curious, what would you say is your current office aesthetic? What, what design choices do you make when trying to create a vibe in a room? Do you have any room design recommendations for things like DIY projects, lighting, organization, and etc.? Vinny, as someone who has actually built studio spaces and tried to create things that are appealing to the eye and to the camera, I feel like you are maybe the only person here. Okay, I, I'm just going to take myself out of this equation because I have no eye well, this, for design whatsoever. This is, um, sorry, Brad, this is not studio per se. This is office space, right? But it's workspace, and that's kind of what, right. So it doesn't yeah. have to be on camera. Okay. No. Uh, because that's kind of a different thing. Mine is the room that was available at home to, uh -huh. to put the stuff in. I think ideally what I would have is storage and free space. I would have a clean living space, like yeah. clean desk, 
cable management. Cable management would be my, my, my guiding my guiding principle bordering on obsession is minimize cables and clutter as much as humanly possible. Yeah. So that means use wireless stuff as much as you can, like for things that have to be wired, like if you can like arrange them so that like you can pull it forward and use it and then when you put it back on the edge of the desk, the cable mm. kind of disappears down the back of the desk. Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And you got to stay on top of it. Cable creep is a real thing. Uh, so that's yes. so. If you do cable management, make it a system in which you can add a cable to the managed cables easily. Otherwise, you're going to do all your cable management, and then you're going to have one or two cables just be outside of a zip tie or outside of a cable run, and you're not going to until you redo it again. That cable will not make it inside. The other thing I would say is power outlets. In more power outlets, if you are doing this from scratch, if you can get just giant built-in power strips like you will just never have enough power outlets um no um and i guess at this point usb too because a lot of things power off of usb so those powered usb outlets are probably the way to go as well another thing for me is keeping stuff off the floor like cable cable racks and shelves and organizers and stuff that you can mount to the bottom or back of your desk yeah to run all the cables through and even put things like say I've got my router and a network switch and two power strips mounted on the back of this desk so they don't sit on the floor anymore. Yeah. It sure does yeah. make it easier to vacuum in here. Like when I sit down at my desk for work, I want a clean desk with a cup of coffee next to me yes. and that's it, right? Like uh, that's yes, how I want to start my day. 100%. Uh, and be like, I, I respect the hell out of everything you guys are saying here and I definitely would like something along those lines. And part of, you know, my vacation last month was dedicated to making my workspace more livable. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to ask you guys to do a quick Google search here for me mm-hmm. because inevitably whatever workspace I'm in always ends up kind of looking like this. I want you to put in the words Dave Meltzer, M E L T Z E R, office. And I want you to look at what comes up. Okay. Mm. I'm not saying I'm quite this bad, but this is definitely the the way it would yeah. go over time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, okay. Uh, sure. That's a, wow. that's what my basement looks like. That's pretty rough. That's Dave Meltzer is the uh, producer of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter, which is the longest running uh, pro wrestling like journalism thing in like currently going and uh dave knows everything about wrestling and absolutely nothing about keeping his office clean (laughs) there is most of these photos there's literally no visible floor it is nothing but papers and boxes spread everywhere that's um disturbing i don't know how you walk in there i i bet he knows where everything is that's the thing i bet he does i bet he does but i bet he would be like i'll find it you can't find it that Uh, that has become my bar for organized not if you know where everything is, but like, Brad, could you tell me where to go to get something in your apartment? That is organization. Be like, oh, yeah, it's the third drawer down in mm-hmm. this cabinet. Not, yep. oh, no, I need to go find it because it's, you know, tucked away. Uh, the only other thing I would say here is that just bringing it right back to the beginning of the podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Addressable LED light strips have gotten quite high quality and cheap. Um. And, like, you can hook them into things like Home Assistant or, you know, Apple Home or whatever. So you can, I've got a strip stuck to the back of my desk and I can make the wall look like whatever color I want. Mm. And that's fun. Uh, I guess I'll end on saying whatever solution you come up with, do not feel committed to it if it's not, if it's getting out of hand 
be liberated and feel free to rearrange and redo because it takes a long time to figure out exactly what you're going to be doing. So stay, stay flexible, stay limber, manage those cables. That's the worst. And the power outlets, man, whoever decided that two power outlets in a wall, every six feet or whatever is enough is out of their damn mind. Everyone should be those four blocks at least, at least. That's going to do it for the emails, and that's going to do it for today's show. Folks, I want to let you all know that I appreciate every single one of you listening to this show. Every Every single one. Every single one of you listening to this show. You can go over to patreon.com slash nextlander. That is how we are supported primarily. You can go find a Patreon tier that is right for you, starting at $5. Bunch of goodies over there. You'll get the Ramble cast. You'll get uh, Never Been a Better podcast starting at $10. You get the Watch cast early. Uh, Alex, what's on the Watch cast early feed? Right now, Prince of Darkness is on the early feed. And if you're on the free feed, you can go listen to The Thing right now. And then In the Mouth of Madness, if you're trying to keep up for next week yes. uh, on that uh, Patreon feed over there uh you also get the podcasts uh when it posts to the patreon feed which is usually usually i would say what brad would you say 12 hours ish early Mm, 12 plus roughly something like that yeah Yeah, around there uh, i get that and it keeps us and allows us to keep doing our things like streaming on twitch and all the great other stuff we're able to do not just the exclusives that are on patreon it supports a lot of what we do so thanks everybody for supporting us and your continued support and over on the patreon there is one tier there the mysterious benefactor tier that gets their names read on this here show and i just happen to have a list of those names in front of me <gasps> i do I do. <gasps> I have that kind of access. And I am going to read those names right now, starting with John Richardson, Vornak, Vinny's Giant Booga Boogas, Kelly F., James Smith, Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Brad's Midsize Hoodoo Voodoo, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pejke, Robert Fisher, John McInish, hashtag Bunny Slimes, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Gabriel Knight's voluptuous voodoo hoodoos, Brian Murphy, that's two Gabriel Knights, Brian Murphy, terror, terror and agony are mm. making this hard for me this week. Kevin Villado, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Andrew Tiebkin, Alex Wu, It Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Cheek, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and, and Tyler Treese. Those are our Mysterious Benefactors for this week. Big thanks again to the Mysterious Benefactors, and big thanks again to everyone who has supported us, not only on Patreon, but across the various places you can watch and support. We've got a bunch of stuff coming up this week. On Monday, you heard us talk about it. We had a Grounded stream. Brad and I jumped back into Grounded. You can go check that archive 
up now. Tomorrow, Brad and I will be doing a grab bag of games. Brad, do you have something in mind that you'd like oh, to play for I've tomorrow? I've got all kinds of stuff I could play. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Just bubbling up in there. Tune, tune in tomorrow to find out more about the grab bag of games. And then on Friday, we'll be back with some more, possibly the conclusion to the original Gabriel Knight. That's going to be at 2 p.m. Eastern on Friday because... Uh, Alex won't be there for the grab bag stream, but hopefully you will be back in time for the Gabriel Knight conclusion. What we think I believe I will be. Conclusion. Yes. Uh, so join us for that. And I think that's going to do it. I've been looking into uh, just a side note here, looking into trying to get some uh, uh, updates for uh, when we've wanted to do website stuff and web design stuff and updated graphics for our streaming things, I should put up a poll on the discord. I think there is a poll option there. I, there are three camps of people who, uh, an overlay graphics. There are no graphics, just full gameplay, mm-hmm. bigger gameplay. Mm-hmm. If you have to put a camera up, keep it as small as possible. There are more people like bigger bigger portraits uh i don't care if it overlays the gameplay it could take up uh, a substantial amount of room and then the third camp is make it look nice whatever it is like can you you can carve out sections that are just graphic displays that kind of nest all these things in and those camps i feel like have this three-way tug of war constantly on too much room is being taken up by graphics, not enough gameplay, or, you know, that's a really ugly design. It's really hard to please those three camps. And I'm curious mm-hmm. where people kind of fall, where, where the majority of people fall on that stuff. Um, I don't know. I think I, them all. I know. I think I fall more in the, um, if you could take up as much room with the uh, cameras and the gameplay without overlapping covering up the problem is covering up gameplay with cameras yeah. becomes a problem mm-hmm. that's that's kind of where i've gotten to yeah. i used to be in the full frame gameplay just give 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 me the game as big as possible but mm-hmm. little um little camera insets on top of the game then you have to dodge ui like there's yes. like always like ui stuff in games people want to see and then your camera might be right on top of that and that's a pain yes I think as monitors have gotten bigger and the ability to scale stuff up has gotten better, I'm I'm no longer in the make the gameplay as big as possible. I used to be there. Yeah. And I feel like I've gotten a little bit away from that. But we'll see. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. So anyway, that's where kind of my head has been at with some of that stuff. Maybe more on that in the near future. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. We will be back with more very soon. Again, streaming on a Thursday. And we'll be back next week with another podcast. See you guys very soon. Bye.